Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. With great kindness, it is a pleasure to welcome you all to Spirit Rock this morning. My name is Christina Tavera. I'm the event coordinator for today's event, and um, my office is to the left of the bookstore, so if you need anything today, you know where to find me. Um, I am supported by a wonderful, generous group of volunteers who all have these nifty white name tags. They welcomed you, and they've taken your offerings, and they help set up the room, and they will be supporting the event throughout the day, and they'll be in this room as well. Um, please be extra kind to them. They come pretty much every single weekend and make these events happen. Um, so I'm going to give some information to folks that will make your day a little bit simpler. How many are new to Spirit Rock? All right. So the rest of you uh, get to be really friendly to the new people too and show them the ways. Um, and that will make things really smooth for all of us in the building today. Welcome, James and Adam Barris. This is so cool. This is one of the few intergenerational teaching opportunities that we have had in this building. And um, it's very exciting to have you both here. Um, if you want to be on their email, if you want to check out what Adam's doing and what James is doing, get on their personal emails. Those are outside um, at, in the lobby. And uh, a little bit more bio. And James's books are outside there and in the bookstore as well. But I'm going to let them introduce each other since I think James knows Adam really well. I believe so. Okie dokie. You're going to turn off your cell phones right now. You're going to turn them way off, like so off, like not even on vibrate. And that's going to support everyone with electronic sensitivities here in the building. And we're going to su uh, support the class upstairs by not having phone conversations in the lobby or in the building whatsoever. So you can get to talk on your phone on the patio, in the parking lot, down in the meadow, back there, anywhere else is great. And um, we have a really nifty Wi-Fi code. It's posted throughout the lobby. So that'll make your phone calling a lot happier too. Assisted hearing devices. If you're having trouble hearing me, you might have trouble hearing the rest of the class. Those are on the back wall over there. Do not be shy. They will make things sound a lot brighter and a lot happier for you throughout the day. There's more equipment here in these closets um, and more yoga mats. Uh, please return anything you're not using. So if you took three cushions but you're only using one, return the others so that the rest of the room can use them as well. I am going to ask that you avoid going to the second floor today. Um, even if you're searching for more equipment, ask me for it instead. They uh, are doing a kind of deeper work today. Um, the subject is grief. So we're going to let them have the second floor and we're going to ask you to use the restrooms here on this floor only. And those restrooms are down the lobby and to the right. Yes to water, yes to um, food in here, um, yes to eating here at lunchtime. We generally agree that this is a quiet room during lunch, and we'll close the doors, and you can uh, rest and eat and be happy, and that would be great. The bookstore for mindful shopping, as Jack likes to call it, is going to be open throughout the day, and uh, we close it approximately 15 minutes before the building closes, and the building closes approximately 15 minutes after your class is over just in case. You get extra points if you help us put away cushions and mats and any equipment. Uh, you may leave... Actually, I lied. 
No, leave the chairs down, everything else up. Yay. And I think that's everything. Again, thank you both for being with us today. And if there's anything I can do for either one of you, or if there's anything I can do for any one of you, please let me know. <laughs> Stephen. There's pens and paper over there in case you want to write something down. Okay. We're doing note-taking. Excellent. Muchas mm -hmm. gracias. Thank you. Thanks, Christina. Um, oh, welcome. I'm so glad that uh, we're here together and you've come to share the day. Um, as Christina said, it's, uh, it is a, a kind of special day. It's special for me, too. You can just imagine, right? Here I am with my son, who I've known all his life. Uh, and when he was when he was four years old, he was very wise. And then for a while, he he kind of seemed to lose lose his wisdom. Uh, but uh, from uh, mid-teens to uh, uh, to now, he's just become more and more of a, a serious practitioner with with a fun edge to him too. And uh, he he's gone. Uh, although he's done three-month retreats and, uh, and month-long retreats in, in our tradition here at Spirit Rocket at IMS, he, uh, he, he went Tibetan uh, on, on me, and, uh, which I love. Some of, the, uh, some of my favorite teachings are Tibetan uh, practices, and he's, just, he's gotten very uh, deep in it. Uh, I'll just mention as a, to get a sense of his warrior spirit. Um, he just finished his second darkness retreat where you go in a yurt and turn out the lights. And the first one he did for seven days. And uh, a couple of months ago, he came back after doing uh, three weeks in darkness. Um, he's more of a warrior than, than I thought I was a warrior when I, in my early days of practice. But, you know, more than once he he used to chide me, come on, Dad, if you're really serious about awakening, you'll get on with it. Um, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm very proud of him, and uh, he's a great body worker with a degree in somatic psychology and uh, brings his body work and uh, meditation life um, together, and uh, that's what we're going to be sharing today. So I just want to say how happy I am to be here with you. Thanks, Dad. She want to say a word of hi. All right, all right. <laughs> you don't have to say anything about me. Just anything that you. I'm, I'm not look. I'm not fishing, but uh, 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 just about. We're gonna have fun today. Um, well, first off, I want to say thank you. I appreciate that. Is it loud enough? Can you can you yeah. hear us? You put it up and speak up too. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Is that good? All right. Oh, well, thank you for showing up today. It's really great to be here with you all. My name is Adam, and I also want to say a thing about my father here. You know, he, he pretty much bought the land for the center that we're at, you know, with along with Jack and a couple other teachers, uh, my father, James, is a founding teacher of Spirit Rock. Been doing this for a really long time, and 
I uh, feel very grateful to have grown up uh, receiving the teachings from from him. He's a really fine teacher, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, kind of share a, a synthesis of traditions that we're studying in and practicing in. Um, so I think it will be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. More later, but right. So I'm going to say a few words just introducing uh, the topic, and Adam's going to be sharing a a lot during the day. Uh, The way um, we're going to do it, he's going to be sharing teachings that have been so profound to him uh, from the Tibetan practices. And uh, in case you're nervous about whether this is uh, too esoteric and, uh, and complicated, uh, just keep in mind that the day is about learning how to relax. <laughs> so um, that's not going to be too hard an assignment, right? Um, relaxing the body into being. Uh, so he'll be sharing practices, and I'll be uh, sharing from uh, Theravadan um, uh, perspective or, or my own perspective on the teachings, um, just how this comes together with the, the practices that we do here at Spirit Rock. Theravadan, for those who aren't familiar, is, um, is the way of the elders, and it's the, it's the original teachings, or at least those that have come down to us from, uh, from the Buddha, that's practiced mainly in um, Burma and Thailand and Sri Lanka these days, that uh, the practices are from the Pali Canon. Um, so we'll be going back and forth and a lot of guided practice as well as exploring the material. Let's see how I do it. So I wanted to say first uh, a few way, uh, words about um, this um, embodied approach to practice. Um, in in our retreats up at Spirit Rock, here up the hill, there's a retreat going on right now. A lot of times, uh, there is the uh, more obvious um, instructions to um, look at experience, to notice experience, to know what's happening right now. And it can often seem like a, a mental uh, exercise, but really uh, the body is the first foundation of mindfulness. The Buddha, in his discourse on mindfulness, there are four foundations, and the first one is mindfulness of the body, starting with breathing and uh, knowing that you're, whatever posture you're in, and various, it's the largest of those four arenas to discover our experience. And here's a, I wanted to just mention uh, from a quote from a later discourse. This is Majima Nikaya number 119, if there are scholars around or people interested in that. Um, any, this is the Buddha speaking. Anyone who has developed and cultivated mindfulness of the body has included within 
themselves whatever wholesome states there are that partake of true knowledge. Just as one does this just go out? One who has extended the mind over the great ocean has included within it whatever streams there are that flow into the ocean. So too, anyone who has developed and cultivated mindfulness of the body has included within themselves whatever wholesome states there are that partake of true knowledge. And for me, um, it's one of the things that I find most important in understanding deepening one's practice. You can cognitively understand something. And, you know, you might read a a book on the Four Noble Truths or the Buddha's teachings and, um, and say, oh yeah, that makes sense, I get it. But it's very different than, say, going up that hill. Not that that's the only way, but on retreats where you are cutting through all the static and the busyness and you're really turning your awareness inward and connecting with this, as the Buddha calls it, this fathom-long body. He says, within this fathom-long body, a foot and a half standard deviation on either side, the whole of life is revealed. Uh, It's not until you see for yourself those teachings that they are understood in a whole other way. And probably in uh, your own experience, you might have heard some teachings that make sense and then later on have a direct experience and say, oh, that's what it's talking, what they're talking about. How many people have had that experience in practice? Yeah. So you know, is it, it's, a, it's moving from the conceptual to the embodied. And when somebody comes, for instance, on a, um, uh, in an interview, in a practice discussion on retreat, and they, uh, they might say, as often happens, they see something in a whole new way. And they say, yesterday I was walking, doing walking meditation, and I took this step, and I just realized a whole other way of understanding this, who I am, and, and what it means to be alive. And it just, I'd never seen that before. And then they often say, I know that was yesterday. I don't want to hold on to the insight and be attached to it, so I'm going to let go. And I'll say, no, 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 no. If it's, if it's a very profound experience and you can tell, I'll say, let's just go back there for a moment. Without trying to recreate any bells and whistles, let's just go back there and uh, remember what that was like. And they go inside and all they have to do is remember, so don't try to make anything, just remember that moment. And I can feel them, mm, their whole body opens or there's a smile and, or, or a, a change physically. And I'll say, now just remember as you remember, just feel it in your body. Notice what that feels like. Because that, beca- and 98% of the time, all they have to do is remember. And that becomes an anchored experience. 
Tibetans have this, this teaching that I, I, I love called triggers for insight. Just like we can be triggered in trauma, we can, be tr- we can have triggers. You just remember something and there you are back again for an insight. Just like you could probably remember a song from your junior high school days and as soon as you hear it on the radio, oh, you know, Esther Ingber, I, my, my crush for, you know. And there it is, you know what I mean? Because it's right there. And when I, when I teach the Awakening Joy, you know, I teach this Awakening Joy course, the main practice is cultivating a wholesome state and then bringing mindfulness to the experience of the wholesome. The Buddha has this one line, he says, uh, when you're experiencing the whole, there's a gladness connected with that experience of a wholesome, I call an equipment of mind to overcome all ill will and hostility. So when you're feeling a moment of well-being, the main instruction for the joy course is don't miss it. And particularly, it's different to know, oh, I'm feeling pretty good right now, to the next level, oh, this is what it feels like to feel good. So we're going to be talking about embodied understanding, and particularly embodied relaxation. Because that is a key to opening up and having enough spaciousness and connection where you move from the static to a deeper connection. There needs to be enough space, which is what mindfulness affords, to really feel the experience of ease and connection, and then you can start noticing deeper understandings of reality. But we are often disconnected because we're so plugged in in another way with our devices or with stimulation from outside. I want to just read a a passage from one of my favorite essays by my favorite author, Mark Morford. He has a column every week. uh, And this is his essay, uh, or part of it from uh, his essay, Hurry Up, Get More Done, and Die. (laughs) And this is the last part. I recommend it highly. We are, by and large, utterly terrified of silence, stillness, spaciousness, the doing of nothing so as to feel the totality of everything. Meditation, for most, is disquieting and strange. Deep quiet feels weird and dangerous. Avoid aching to be filled. The internet has us convinced that the world is a roaring fire hose of urgent information, and if you can't swallow it all, well, something must be wrong with you. In any 48-hour period in the year 2010, said a stunning article in The Atlantic, more data was created than had been created by all of humanity in the previous 30,000 years up to the year 2005. I read this study. So in a 48-hour period, that much information was created. By the year 2020, that same amount of data will be created in a single hour. 
go ahead, swallow hard. It's no longer possible to sit quietly on the park bench without checking your Facebook feed, chatting with Siri, and waving to the closed circuit TV cameras. No longer possible to be astonished at the wonder of your footfalls along the forest path and not feel the urge to check email, find the nearest Starbucks, hipstamatic the hell out of that beautiful fallen tree. You can't just sit in your car along a quiet country road without the GPS beeping that you took a wrong turn as OnStar politely blows up your car. How easily we forget time expands, time contracts, Work will swell or diminish to fill a given space. You can do 10 things in an hour or one thing in 10. You can go to Spirit Rock Meditation Center for two solid weeks and do absolutely nothing but wander the grounds in silence for 12 hours a day and time will look at you like you're utterly insane as your breath and body thank you for all eternity. You can conversely microtask until your heart implodes and time merely will laugh and snort and find someone else to destroy. <coughs> so this is what we're up against. It takes practice to actually be here and connect with ourselves. The price of disconnection is enormous. People do crazy things when they're disconnected from the truth inside. And part of this relaxing the body into being is to connect so you can discover the truth inside and then you can live your life from that place. This is what the world needs now more than ever, particularly connected with nature, with life all around us, because when we are connected with that, we want to care for it and preserve it. And this planet is longing for our connection. And the key is coming back to connect with ourselves first and know that we have the Buddha or Kuan Yin right inside, the kingdom of heaven or whatever you want to call it, right inside, and then all the, the wisdom and the love and the compassion and the peace naturally are accessed and shine through and become our gift to everyone around us and help awaken that in them as well. So we're going to learn about relaxing into being and particularly using this mysterious capacity of awareness as the, both the vehicle and the, um, uh, the, the, the magic that can, uh, that can get us in touch with that. I'll just read one last thing and then we'll do a little bit of a, a meditation to arrive before Adam shares his teachings. This is from another great Tibetan master, uh, Gendun Rinpoche. He says, Happiness cannot be found through great effort and willpower, but is already here in relaxation and letting go. Don't strain yourself. There's nothing to do. Only our searching 
for happiness prevents us from seeing it. Wanting to grasp the ungraspable, you exhaust yourself in vain. As soon as you relax this grasping, space is here, open and inviting and comfortable. So make use of it. All is yours already. Don't search any further. Don't go into the inextricable jungle looking for the elephant who is quietly at home. Nothing to do, nothing to force, and everything happens by itself. So, with that in mind, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a, of a meditation, 15 minutes, and want to um, give a, a little bit of instruction. And the key for me, as I share on uh, every retreat and every uh, class for many years, the key is three qualities. Kindness, when you see your mind wander, don't judge it. It's just what minds do. And bring it back in a very loving way. That's where the training comes in. Don't take it personally. It's just what minds do. Kindness with your mind that wanders and kindness with the mind, uh, whatever it happens to be experiencing. Kindness with your body if there's aches or itches or whatever. A kind awareness. Interest, that is just letting your natural curiosity bring you into this moment. This is a moment of your life that's never been here before and will never be here again. Bring that wonder that, you were, that you've come into this world with, that little child that, or that adult that just wants to learn. So an interested awareness and a relaxed awareness. That is, don't try hard to be present because the contraction itself will get in your way. So you want the mind as well as the body to be relaxed as you're interested in what's here and kind with whatever comes up. Okay? So with that in mind, let yourself find a reasonably uh, comfortable position that you can be relatively still and first feel your body sitting here and let it be an expression of both upright dignity Thich Nhat Hanh talks about being like a mountain strong, worthy of respect And at the same time, a sense of ease and receptivity. So you might go through a a quick body scan to see any places of tension or holding. Your face, your eyes, your jaw, down through your neck and shoulders and arms and torso, your chest and body, belly down through your hips and your 
legs, lower legs, ankles, feet, toes. And while you're feeling your body sitting here, uh, feel a connection with the earth. Feel the earth support you. It's here for you. Grounded and supported by the earth. A way to also get some ease and relaxation um, is sitting with a soft half smile on your face. Just a slight Upcurling of the lips like the Buddha's half smile, creating some space in the heart. And then take a few deeper breaths, and as you breathe in, breathe in a calming energy and let it fill your whole being. And as you breathe out, relax, let go. Do this for a few deeper breaths. Don't try too hard. Let go of the trying and just enjoy breathing in and then relaxing as you breathe out. And then let the breath find its own natural rhythm. Let the breath breathe you. It's been doing a fine job your whole life. Let yourself be breathed. And know your body is breathing. If you're used to feeling the breath at any particular area, you can use that but you can also just feel your whole body sitting here alive, breathing. This is what's keeping you alive. And let the mind be open and spacious. You don't need to push anything away. If there are sounds or sensations in the background, just let them be. And if there are feelings, emotions that come up, allow them as well. Just let the mind be open and spacious, here for anything. And if you're not drawn to any particular other part of experience, just relax in this experience of sitting here and breathing.
Let yourself come out slowly. And just before we get into content, notice how it feels right now to just let yourself settle without trying to make anything happen. Just a few moments of allowing a sense of connection, perhaps, quieting, ease. So, now I'll invite Adam to share the next piece of this relaxing our bodies into being. Oh, okay. I had this one. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really nice space. I might just take a moment just to feel the space that's here right now. Not needing to do anything about it. Just relaxing. So as I share, I'm going to share some teachings. And I want to invite you that as you receive the teaching, see what it's like to not have to strain to kind of get all the concepts, just can kind of take it by osmosis today. That whatever goes in, goes in, and whatever doesn't land, doesn't land, and it's going to be all good. It's a real uh, pleasure and joy to share a bit about the teachings of somatic meditation. And first, just to frame the kind of context for where these teachings come from, I want to speak a little bit about the tradition. Uh, You could say the lineage, the kind of style of the teachings. So really, somatic meditation... um, comes out of the Tibetan tradition of Buddhism, also uh, referred to as the Vajrayana tradition, if you're familiar with that term. 
And um, this is really, you could say, another. this is another word for the Vajrayana uh, kind of definition. It's kind of the tantric tradition. I know that word starts to get played around with in California. And uh, these are uh, really the teachings that we'll be practicing today are inspired by uh, you could say the tantric or the embodied tradition of meditation, the sense of the sacredness of the body. So there are some traditions of meditation where um, some classically sometimes there's a sense of the body being kind of like uh, impure or that the desires that we can feel can stir up our mind and so we kind of want to rein it in and not get too embezzled and tangled with our embodied experience. These teachings are kind of um, the opposite. This, these teachings say that the senses, the, the pleasures that we can experience through the body are all really integral to our path of awakening. And so, uh, specifically, also, these uh, teachings, you can think about it, it's like a, a meditation yoga, you could say. The teachings are really designed to drop us out of the intellectual, out of the conceptual, out of the kind of mental processing um, that we're in most of the time. And dropping us beneath that. It's not that that's a problem. It's The view is not that we need to get rid of our personality or get rid of our ego. We're learning how to get underneath it. And so these protocols are really just different gateways into the experience, the, the visceral experience of life in our bodysuit. So I want to share a little bit about how I fell in love with these teachings. So once upon a time, in around 2008, I was on a long uh, Vipassana retreat, mindfulness retreat, at um, the Insight Meditation Society, IMS, in uh, Massachusetts. And one of the things I discovered several weeks into the retreat is that my body, my back, was like a block of ice. And I was sitting there because, you know, I had learned that I gotta sit, gotta sit still. And I like, I can barely breathe, really. I mean, the, the sense of the breath is so labored. And there's just this huge rock, this boulder in the back of my, in my back. And um, I'm trying to be mindful of it. Just trying to note sensation. So there's different, you could say, foundations of mindfulness, the breath or the body. So I'm with the breath and the body. And what I feel is, that's right here. I, I got what's going on. I'm, it's hard not to be mindful of that. And so at some point I asked this question, I asked to the teachers, um, you know, there's this pain in my body. 
really it's like, it's more than just this pain. There's all this energy in my body. Like, let's talk about the energy. Can we get down to the energy? Because I really, I feel like now's the time for the secret teachings. Lay them on me. And I got this answer. Can you guess what the answer is? Just be mindful of it. <laughs> and you ever you ever have that experience where someone gives you a very unsatisfying answer? <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't land the way that you want it. It's not it's not scratching the itch. So that was one of those moments where I it was like very deep inside of me. I said, there must, there's got to be another way. And I'm going to find that. And one day, I'm going to be able to give a better answer than that. <laughs> so in some ways, this, this whole day is like, this is, this is as, these are what I've, fell in love with. These are the answers that I've really have changed my life radically. And so I'm excited to just share some of that with you. Just to say a little more about the tradition, I want to also honor the teachers who have been really instrumental in sharing their wisdom and imparting you could say the lineage of the teachings. Um, in the Tibetan or Vajrayana tradition, the, the sense of the lineage is really, really big. And in many ways, I just feel like a very humbly, like a little mouthpiece to just see what it would be like to let the lineage kind of come through. Um, you know, so these teachings, the somatic meditation protocols that I'll be sharing. I learned with a teacher named uh, Dr. Reggie Ray. I'm just curious, is, who here is familiar with Reggie Ray? Anyone? A couple people, yeah. So uh, I met Reggie you know, shortly after that retreat. I ended up in Colorado at uh, Naropa Institute, and I got connected. Yeah, oh, yeah. once was Naropa uh, Institute, then Naropa University. And um, Reggie was one of the faculty at Naropa, and he um, was a main student of a prolific teacher named Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. And he was, he's also a scholar, a very deep Buddhist scholar, has written many, many books. Some that you might check out, one is called Touching Enlightenment, another one is called The Awakening Body, all very great, both very good texts on the topic we'll be talking today. And Tibetan Buddhism is a very detailed cosmology with all this pantheons and gods and goddesses and rituals and chanting and this and that. And what Reggie saw was that, you know, these teachings are uh, very profound in their potential to unlock our brilliance as human beings, our our somatic, our embodied experience of wisdom, of power, of compassion, of joy. 
But as modern people, we probably don't have the same link to the kind of detailed esoterica of the tradition that, say, uh, age-old Tibetans did. And so what Reggie did, he did a great kindness, I think. He really, um, through his scholarly, really impeccability, was able to kind of... um, parse away uh, and cut away the esoterica and really just leave the core practices, the core embodiment practices. And by the way, I'm just seeing people, some people are laying down. I really want to invite you to just take care of your body today. You don't have to be sitting. If you don't want to, you can lie down. That's always welcome. Just feel free to take care of yourself. Stay awake. Stay awake. (laughs) Very relaxedly awake. So I, I will just kind of, um, yeah, so Reggie, another teacher, his name is Lama Drime, kind of got the, the essence of the beingness part. That was also another main influence here. And I also want to name thing, one, one, one thing that's in the space is present for me today um, that I feel um, it's just helpful to bring in. I feel that these teachings are really appropriate for us now as people more than ever. You know, these teachings, we're we're living in a very dark time right now. And the, the way that the political culture is and the um, situation with global warming, climate change, it's really a very powerful time. And um, I think that in our collective consciousness and in our collective nervous system, we all feel that. And it's so hard to kind of know what to do with that, with, with the feeling of how it feels in the world right now. And on a personal level, um, I just want to speak into the room that um, two of my dear friends um, in, within, in this last month uh, took their life, actually. Um, you know, not only two amazing people, but uh, really two incredible healers, an amazing psychologist and uh, an amazing um, healer, body worker. So I was there last night. Um, so I just want to speak into the room, uh, Sean Gouge and uh, Wendy Rivka Faith into our field today. I think without going too much further, we just, in these teachings, we always have to acknowledge suffering. And we, we're going to focus on joy and relaxing, but... It wouldn't be an authentic journey if we didn't bring into the room the suffering that's in the world, the suffering that's within ourselves, and the and the suffering of the collective. And with that, it it creates a whole different context for our practice. So, yeah, 
in, in that aspiration, in, in that intention, in that aspiration. You know, these teachings, um, they are traditionally actually very secret teachings. There was a sense of these teachings being really um, kind of sh- purposely shrouded in, in jargon and language that's hard to access because they're potent and they can transform us. And there's the question of like, who are we ready to work with these teachings? But really, I feel like now is this time where we're living in where it's really, there's no time to really hold back. And so with that thrust, I really feel great about just sharing as openly and as honestly as I can about the power and the mana of these teachings so that we can all, um, you know, see what it's like. So, um, yeah, I'm going to just try to keep this very brief and then I, I want to bring us into some practice, but I think it's really helpful to just get a little conceptual view of how this works and then hopefully we'll, we'll spend more time doing the practice. So, somatic meditation. Let's just talk about the word somatic or soma. Soma, somatic meditation is really referring to our experience, our embodied experience, how it feels. It's really everything else but the intellect. I wonder if you, do you want to say anything before I go on? No? No. The, the, the only thought uh, when you said before about uh, the urgency, it reminds me of uh, Pema Chodron's um, beautiful book, on uh, the Bodhisattva's Guide to the Way of Life, calling No Time to Lose. And as you're saying about, um, oh, the pain in the world, that there's, we can get overwhelmed by that pain. And so the way I understand this is kind of learning to not be overwhelmed and learn to let the, let the pain and the suffering be experienced and open and allow it to be held or move through us in a, in a way that it doesn't get stuck. And the, the image that I always um, love is the Dalai Lama who has heard more suffering than most of us could probably imagine. He, he hears day after day when he's in Dharamsala uh, accounts of people being tortured and and you know 1.4 million tibetans have 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 died uh, and lost his country and so he knows suffering and yet and i've seen him if you maybe you've seen this if you've been around him somebody can share a story and he can be uh, weeping in compassion and then 15 minutes later, he can be giggling about something else. That's amazing. And it's, it's the archetype of not getting overwhelmed and stuck that, yes, there is suffering, but it doesn't have to be the whole show. And if we create a big enough container for, for it to be experienced and we can learn how to move through have it move through us and still have that sense of openness and ease and connection with all that's good, then we can meet 
that suffering from a whole other place and um, uh, and there's no time to lose. So it's both the urgency and the um, joyful responsibility as Julia Butterfly Hill, one of my inspirations, says. Um, so that's... I kind of see us in this getting connected and learning how to open, um, not just so that we feel good, but so that we can be a vehicle for all of life to move through us. That's okay. Yeah, you know, as my father's saying, these teachings are really about learning how to tap into what we're feeling energetically to beyond the idea, beyond the narrative, beyond the storyline and learning how to fundamentally release and unwind our tension, our emotions, our traumas, our fear and anxiety that live within us. And the view here is one of really good news. The good news of this tradition, this tradition says that the body itself, no matter how old or how young you are or what different conditions you might have, that the, in the core of our body, that's where freedom is. That there is this awareness, this fundamental awareness, or the Tibetans would say the Buddha nature lives in the body as the body. The body is the Buddha nature. The body is the Buddha. And we are oftentimes somewhere else. We are thinking about something that happened or even in this moment, we're trying to focus our minds and we're in that kind of the focuser, the doer. And that's not where the juice is. That's what these teachings say. And when we can learn how to relax, we can come into um, the natural state. This is actually a technical term in the tradition is the natural state. And something I love, you know, really what this is about, this whole meditation cycle is about learning how to be in that state of flow. You know, you can just think, you can just take a moment, just think about something that you love to do that brings you into that place where you don't have any problems. You know, whether it's dancing or scuba diving or taking a bath, whatever it is, it could be really simple. But it's just the place where there's no problem. Really, all we're going to do today is we're going to learn how to drop beneath the intellect. And we'll do that through breathing. We'll do that through breath work. I'm going to introduce, you know, a lot of what we'll do today is we'll lie down with our knees up 
and our feet on the floor. And we're actually going to do that on purpose because we want to take this thing offline. And then once, we'll, I'll guide some meditation, and then once we're really relaxed, then we can sit up from a whole different place and explore what it feels like. Yeah, so just a couple other things to say. There's this metaphor in the tradition of a sesame seed that our Buddha nature, it's kind of like uh, a sesame seed. So on the outside of the sesame seed, you have a husk. And then on the inside, you have the oil. The oil. And so the husk is the tension the husk is the the doer. It's the it's the trying to accomplisher in us. And then we're kind of you know we do that thing where we've got like a million different things to do, and we're kind of moving around our day, and we've got to just hold it all together. So we're we're gripping, and we're gripping. So we're not breathing because if we let ourselves really breathe then we might actually feel some things. And if we feel some things, we might kind of, you know, lose that. So we don't want to lose that. So today, the opposite is true. So today there's room for just feelings and whatever's here. It's, it's all good. It's welcome. And then on, underneath those, you know, that tension layer, these tension layers, then on the inside you could say is the oil or the chocolate, whatever you like. And the inside is that all of us, this is the great news of this tradition. The the tantric tradition says that basically, actually, once we get beneath that tension body, there's this naturally arising pleasure of being in the body. That especially when our breath flows well, the key is really that the, blood, the breath is circulating through the body. When the breath, when the life force flows well, then our anxiety just subsides and we can relax. That's kind of how this works. So there's a, a very close relationship between, you could say, the prana or the breath or the life force and the sense of consciousness or presence. Really, ultimately, the tradition says that they are inseparable. So we don't have to willfully focus our mind into a state where there's no thought. We just are taking kind of the backdoor method where we're just going to learn, we're just going to, Give ourselves that space and time to relax and open this flow and just let it go from there. Something that, as, as Adam is talking, that crosses my mind is, um, you know, in the, in the uh, approach to the Dharma as a path of happiness and joy, <clears throat> I uh, always like to think of um, the the natural state that you came into this world with, and I I brought a picture to remind us. This is a 
maybe some of you have seen if you've done the joy course, uh, a baby uh, named Chloe Thomas from Melbourne, Australia, who was, uh, she was born eight weeks premature, and this photo was, uh, she had not yet come to nine months uh, full uh, uh, term after conception, but this is uh, to remind you who you are. Yeah, I want you to meet Chloe. This is the natural state. This is, this is who you came into this world with. Of course, things happen, but uh, if, a, if a baby is fed and diapered and given a little bit of love, this is who you are. And so, an even adult who is put into an MRI machine, fMRI machine, who is not uh, having physical discomfort or emotional stress, two big things, granted, um, they exhibit in that fMRI, they are conscious, creative, calm, caring, and content. That's who we are when our mind isn't getting in the way. So this is, this is just reconnecting with what's in there all the time. And this is what the Buddha said too. When you're mindful, not just mindful, when you are connected and your mind isn't getting in the way, when you see clearly, which is what Vipassana is translated as, that that the natural expression of that clarity is loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity or peace. Those are the natural byproducts of a mind that's not confused. So it's not something that you're having to manufacture or look hard for. It's just seeing through the obscurations that are hiding what is naturally yours. Um, so keeping that in mind, and, and when, when I, uh, people ask, what, what is joy for you? And I, I think of it as being authentic with our experience, connected, and out of that authenticity and connection, there's an aliveness that's naturally experienced. And we experience it when we're out in nature, when we're dancing, or the things that you know, Adam was inviting us to think of. What brings us joy? When we're in the middle of that and our mind isn't in the way, we feel alive and say, wow, it's good to be alive. We just have to remember and, and keep uh, learning how to access that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think what I'll do is I'll just very briefly introduce the practices we'll do. Um, So the first practice, in a moment, we'll we'll all lie down and we'll take this posture where the knees are up and the feet are planted. Um, You you can feel free to really um, get comfy, put something over your eyes. And I'll guide first this sense. Just, just wait a moment. Just wait to hear the instructions. Just, just a sec. Eager. <laughs> if you really want to. You can. Um, 
So first we're going to do, this is really the somatic meditation is kind of an elemental journey. And um, the first two elements we'll be, int- we'll be working with is water and earth. And so water in the sense that tension, like I was saying before, sometimes we can feel like a block of ice. And then as we breathe through the body, there's a kind of warmth of the breath of the chi, and that's melting our ice. And we're coming more into this fluid state of being. And that, you know, we're tuning to our water channel. So I'll be guiding a kind of relaxation body scan first. And then the second practice is what's called earth breathing. And that's the sense that one of the most I don't know, this was just mind-blowing for me, it was that my, to really feel that my body, our body, has this um, awareness that extends way beyond the skin boundary. And so we'll lie down and we'll do a kind of earth descent. We'll breathe into the earth. And we'll just start to kind of extend intuitively the feeling of connection into the planet. And it's a kind of sense of that we can... Uh, we can give away, we can release, we can compost our tension. We can actually recycle that. And then we can also receive this flow, this nourishing flow of the life force from the earth. So we don't have to sit on top of our cushion like we're floating above the earth. This is really like we're going to breathe. When, finally, we're going to sit up and we're going to feel that flow through our body. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so, um, does anyone does have an urgent question before we begin? Shall we begin? Let's do it. letting yourself get really comfy.
And just beginning by giving yourself permission to relax. So today we're in a space and it's, it's a very safe space. And we're held by this field, this very healing field. And really just letting our soma, our body, sense that it is okay. It does not have to hold it together now. We have no, you have no responsibilities, nothing to figure out. Just get to be along for the ride and whatever happens is welcome. So we'll just start feeling the body as a whole, giving permission that as I guide through these, this 10 points practice, really the whole body gets to let go. But we'll start in the feet. Feel your feet connected to the floor. Feeling the space where the floor meets the feet. And imagining that on the inhale, the breath can come through the floor into the toes. And on the exhale, any tension that we're holding in our toes, in our soles of our feet, just gets to naturally melt and dissolve into the earth. So we'll do this very intuitively, just scanning the feet. On the in-breath, breathing in spaciousness. On the exhale, allowing any holding, any tension, any clenching to let go. Every breath, we're breathing deeper into the interior of the feet. Letting the feet ground into the earth like roots. If you like, you can imagine roots into the earth. And the breath comes through into the feet on the inhale and the roots go down deeper on the exhale. And then gradually we'll just begin letting the breath come through 
the whole entirety of the foot and then up to the ankle. Letting the breath come into that space where the ankle and the foot meet. And exhale, just release any and all tension. Let it melt. Feeling the bones of the feet, the bones of the toes. And then allowing the breath to just naturally begin to seep into the lower legs. You can imagine in some sense that it's a, there's a kind of open spaciousness in the legs, in the feet. And we're just sensing as we breathe, we're sensing into this spaciousness. We're also really welcoming the attention. We're allowing whatever tension's here. We don't have to try to make it go away. We're actually just allowing it to be here. And by allowing it to be here, it can unravel of its own accord. And breathing up through the legs up to the level of the knees. Taking some breaths where you just feel all the pores of the legs Imagining that the oxygen can really nourish all of the cells, all of the bones. Exhale, just let go. And looking into the legs as experience. Just naturally aware of how it is here. Whatever the felt sense is, just allowing it. And then we can breathe into the space in the knees, in the kneecaps. Just check out the space here. If you breathe right into the center of your knees, notice what's here.
And then coming into the thighs. Feeling the length of the legs and breathing into the thighs, femurs, into the hips. So we can still include the feet connected to the floor and now we're letting the breath saturate through the legs. And on the exhale, also allowing the breath to release through the sit bones. So we feel two feet and two sit bones connected to the earth. And we're feeling the entirety of the legs and on the in-breath we're breathing into areas where there's tension, allowing ourselves to be with that tension. And the exhale, we just give room for the body to unwind. See if you can feel the bones breathing into the core of the bones. you may find yourself on the edge of sleep and that's fine. Just see if you can stay in that space where there's just a relaxed awareness. It could be very deep, deeply relaxed awareness. But we're still here. And now breathing into the root, the very base of our spine. Let the breath come into the perineum, the pelvic floor on the in-breath. And letting the whole body soften on the exhale. Generally, a real sense of tension in the, in the root. And so as we breathe here, we're just looking into any area of tension we may feel. We're allowing it to be here. And then we're also just giving this spaciousness that it can unwind, it can let go. Breathing through the sit bones, these points of contact in the hips. 
And spending some time now breathing into our pelvic bowl. Breathing through the very back of the pelvis connected to the floor. Again, letting the energy of the earth into the pelvis. Exhale, just let that tension melt like butter into the earth. There's a kind of heaviness. We feel our body surrendering breath by breath into gravity. And we're just going with it. Let your body be heavy. And then breathing, feeling the spine, just starting to sense the spine into the low back. And very intuitively letting these vertebrae receive the energy of the earth on the in-breath. And relax back on the out-breath. Feeling the mid-back, the point of connection with the floor and with the earth. And really now letting the breath come through the mid-back into the organs, into the belly. And releasing that tension through the backside into the earth on the exhale. And there's a kind of tingling you might feel. A very gentle, yet very detailed and rich experience of sensation. Tingling. Lightness. Pixels of light and energy. Maybe colors. And so we're just breathing up very gently into up the spine, into the back of the heart, into the shoulder blades. On the exhale, just let go. 
Let your heart relax and open on the exhales. Letting the consciousness dissolve into the body. Saturating the body. Breathing into the shoulders and feeling the extension of the shoulders down the arms. the elbows. And letting the breath now come in through the elbows, from the floor into the elbows. And through the wrists, forearms, into the hands and the fingers. Even into the fingernails. So we have two feet, two sit bones, mid-back, two shoulder blades, two elbows, all breathing up the energy of the earth. And on the exhale, letting our body, especially all the way up to our neck, totally let go and release into the earth. And then allowing the breath through the neck, through the throat. Really enjoying the openness in the center of the throat. You can let the breath come through the back of the throat into the throat. Exhale like an inner awe, really just allowing that spaciousness through the throat, through the heart, through the belly. Calming and soothing our system. There's like a nice circulation through the throat, through the heart. And the exhale, relaxing back into the field of the earth. And then finally, breathing into the head, into the cranium. Feeling the connection through the back of the occiput, back of the skull, 
Let the breath come in from the back, from the, from the ground, into the brain, into the eyes, into the mouth. Exhale, relax all your tension in your head. Letting all the cranial sutures breathe open. Forehead, the jaw, the tongue, the face, all the muscles in your face, everything gets vacation. Just let it go. Don't hold it together. Just let go. So now we'll feel the whole body. One body, one consciousness. And on the in-breath, we can breathe in through the pores of our skin into the interior of our body. Exhale, just let that tension, let it release back into the earth. And just play with this. We'll just do this for a minute or so, feeling the breath coming in through all the pores. Exhale, soften and open backwards. And there's always another level of tension. There's always some deeper level where we're gripping, where we're unconsciously holding. And we're just breathing into the tension. We're letting the tension be here, but we're looking into the tension. You might notice it's not as solid as you think it is. You can find somewhere where you're tensing or you're holding or it's tight. Just bring the breath directly into it. And the exhale, just let it open. Sense of openness. Feeling the water, that is our body. These waters, let the breath come into the water. And let this flow soften and relax everything.
And you might feel now that the body is like a field of sensitivity, a field of aliveness. And there's little tingles, there's little micro-ecosystems. And there's a sense of the body is singing, the body is opening. Everywhere where it feels good right now, just let your attention dissolve into this space. Enjoy the openness. And so now we'll, we'll make a journey. We've, we've opened our vessel. And we're going to make a, a descent, a journey into the earth. And this is a very intuitive journey. You don't have to think about it. Just trust that your body can do this teaching that I'm going to guide us through. So on the first, we'll just feel all of the points of connection to the ground. Feel your back body. And bring a kind of mindful attention to the back body, all these points of contact. On the in-breath, there's a sense of total porousness through this back body. We'll just begin by letting the sensing, oh, a foot down beneath us. See if you can feel the space right behind your back. And then imagine that the breath starts a foot beneath you and comes into the back body and then into the whole body on the in-breath. Exhale, just relax and exhale down to that foot beneath you. Expand and open. Inhale again, letting that breath come in from a foot beneath you. And then exhale, let that space behind you drop down five feet. Just naturally on the exhale. And breathe up from five feet down. And feel free if your neighbor is snoring, just you can tap them if you want to. Don't have to. But the intention to stay awake for this process. Relaxedly awake. So now we'll breathe in from five feet. And exhale, with every exhale, just go down five feet. Ten feet. 
Breathing up now from 15 feet. Twenty feet, thirty feet. Just let your awareness drop down and back. And there's a kind of velvety space into the richness of the earth. See if you can feel how the energy gets richer as we go down. And then we'll just start to uh, drop a little more rapidly on the exhales. 50 feet down. Exhale, 100 feet down. And don't worry too much about the numbers here. Don't get too tied up in that. There's just a sense that we're opening down and back. One image I like is like a, a stone dropping through a bottomless well, down and back. And we're feeling the warmth beneath us. Opening out as well, down and back and out. With every breath, deeper and deeper. And now we'll pick up the pace just intuitively. We'll go a little faster now. And so dropping a mile down, five miles down. Sensing a mile down, letting that awareness extend back and then drop down 10 miles. Let go of everything you know about geology or the diameter of the earth and just sense that you can drop back and extend down infinitely. And so on the in-breath and the out-breath, there's, there's kind of a shock wave. There's a, a, an expansion down and back. And we're falling deeper and deeper. And we just have to relax. That's all we're doing. We're letting gravity open us down and back.
And there's a sense that there's really no separation between our physical body and the earth now. We're just falling faster and faster, open, 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 down, 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 down. And as we fall faster and faster and faster, we can see that in the distance there's this kind of point of light. And as we get closer to it, we see and feel that it's warmth. It's, in fact, it's a fire. It's a, a white, hot fire. And we're falling into the fire, into the warmth, into the primordial core, into the origins. And so I'm going to do this thing where I'm just going to, I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to say go. And when I say go, you can just part the curtain of your back body and just let yourself totally open. Just flash total openness behind you. Try it out. One. Two, three, go. And just totally relax. try that one more time. Again, just imagine there's a curtain on the back side of your body. And when I say go, just part the curtain and leap open, leap back. Let yourself fly into the space of the earth like an instant openness. One, two, three, go. And then let all the technique go and just feel 
your body in being. Naturally aware, naturally here. And so in a moment we will change postures. We will explore this in the sitting up posture. And we'll just do this for a short time. You can just feel this connection that we have with the earth as in a moment we'll get up and just stay with yourself. It's it's just let it be a natural, easy transition. So taking the time you need and and when you're ready you can roll to one side and gradually find your way to your cushion or your chair. Make sure to peel away the flesh from your sit bones so you really feel the root and base of your body. And we'll start just by feeling our body rooted and connected to our cushion or our seat. If you're sitting, feel your feet on the ground. So you really feel the support of your base. And the spine is naturally long and very loose. One image I like is like a a piece of seaweed in the ocean. Let your spine be fluid like a piece of seaweed, a piece of kelp in the ocean. 
And the chin is tucked down slightly and the ears are back over the shoulders so that the back of the neck is open. This is a really key point. Let the back of your neck be open so that the spine, the core of your body is open like a garden hose without any kinks. And let's just feel this length of the spine just very naturally. And we'll come to the very base of the spine, the pelvic floor. And let your root sink into your cushion and sink into the earth. Just consciously allow it to be soft and supple and open in the root. And on the in-breath, we'll look into the space, the perineum, the space between the in between the anus and the genitals, just breathing right into the perineum. Let the breath come from the earth. On the exhale, let your awareness, just like we did in earth breathing, go down into the earth on the exhale. And I won't say the numbers this time, but with every breath, there's a sense of opening down and out and into the earth, like a a giant tree, like a, a redwood tree or sequoia, down into the soil. In breath, we're breathing up from the earth into the pelvic floor, perineum. Exhale, we're rooting down into the earth, into the field of the earth. In breath, we feel the presence of the earth coming up through the spine, up right in front of the spine, into the body. Exhale, we dissolve into the earth. We'll just do this for a minute or two. How much could you let go? How much could you just be supported in presence? Feeling the breath 
coming up the spine, especially the back third of the body, up to into the belly. Exhaling tension in the belly, let it go into the earth. Letting the life force of the earth come up through to the level of the heart. And opening the heart and relaxing into the earth on the exhale. Breathing up now through the throat and the head, all the way up to the crown, so the breath of the earth comes to the very crown of the head. Just drop everything. And we'll just sit for another minute here. Feeling the aliveness of the Soma in the silence. this point we'll take a break and you can stay with yourself if you are comfortable here or you can use the bathroom or stretch but we'll be in silence and then we'll come back in 10 minutes and continue test testing testing higher testing testing Testing, testing.
testing. So we thought before we go on, um, wanted to just have a little open space for harvesting. If anyone had any reflections or questions about the practice we did, now's the time. We can talk. And if, uh, are there runners? Are there uh, some or volunteers? Come up to the mic. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, you want to Sure. Yeah. It's good. You, know, you can pull it out if you if you want and send in another uh, maybe day long volunteer can okay meet to another yeah yeah I had a question about um, trauma informed somatic meditation a little that. bit higher could you raise the volume uh, uh, yeah. yeah should I repeat that yeah no 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 no, no. she he's got to speak in him yeah and speak right into it. Okay, is that better? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trauma-informed somatic meditation. Sure. Can you comment on that? Do, could you, any specific? What's the question? What's the question exactly? Sorry. Just um, for people who've experienced trauma, mm-hmm. do you have any, um, you know, what would be the considerations for going into this kind of somatic meditation? Great question. Yeah, so speaking as someone who has worked through a lot of trauma through this work, um, you know, one of the interesting teachings is that when we do this somatic work, there's a kind of inner somatic intelligence that our body has. And... um, the view that Reggie says is that, you know, our body really doesn't give us, in general, doesn't give us more than we can handle uh, for where we're at. And so as we start to open up, um, you know, stuff does come through. Basically, we're, we're relaxing our tension. We're relaxing our holding. And as that happens, we're creating space for whatever is incomplete within us to r- arise from the unconscious of the body into consciousness. And we're really also, the, the idea is that we're building a somatic container. We're, we're learning how to really hold the experiences that arise within us to come through. Now, one thing to say, just um, I, I've also studied somatic experiencing trauma release work. Go gently. There's definitely a sense that we don't have to push ourselves. You know, we're not we're not trying to get somewhere else. We're all we're here already, and so um, certainly there are practices that can open up a lot of energy. 
And so we really want to respect what's going on with us in our life. That's number one. Number two is, I think, a very helpful thing that I've learned in my own practice is if I'm experiencing a lot of intensity and a lot of unpleasant in the field, you know, you can also put down the protocol and you can just see if you can notice where there's some neutrality or where there's some sense of where it's more easy to be with in your body. Because we can, our biology tends to want to go to where it's hard, where the, the back pain is. And so a skill that I think is really, really helpful is to, actually, yeah, it's to cultivate the skill, okay, I notice that I'm getting sucked into this vortex of sensation or pain or energy, and can I, I can acknowledge that that's there, but can I feel my fingertips? Or can I feel the space in my belly? So those are some mm-hmm. things. And also, just in, in basic working with trauma, what, I think what, what Adam is pointing out is um, uh, you, you get a sense if your system is feeling a bit overwhelmed and too much just in, in the opening, um, then you, you, you go back and forth, what's called pendulation, where you, there you are. If it feels helpful and healthy that, that the system can, can open to whatever the release is, and there's a centeredness and okayness with it, fine. But when it's too much, you really have to listen to that, trust that. And whether it's feeling your pinky or opening your eyes and just resourcing and looking around and uh, just coming back. And so, uh, especially if you've done any, any work in, uh, in opening up to the, the difficulties uh, that can be helpful in just saying, okay, I'll touch it a, a little bit, and now I come back. Or, no, this is too much. Mm-hmm. And to just, this is not the time to just, uh, or that, that might be a time for self-compassion or some loving kindness. And so uh, it's important, it's a really important question to really honor what works for you and what the system can contain and in in the Buddhist teaching, sometimes people think, "Oh, I'm supposed to be with most, what's most predominant," but you're supposed to be with whatever you can be with in a in a centered, uh, non um, uh, non overwhelmed way, a centered way that's interested and can have a container for it. And you need to respect that when it's a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Other questions. Yes, one. Oh, yeah, in the middle. Thank you. Hi, can Hi. you hear me? Yep. Oh, great. Well, this, it was wonderful. I just want to say the uh, meditation this morning was really helpful. Um, I'm just curious because I just got um, introduced to sonoma, somatic coaching, mm-hmm. which is the Strozzi Institute up in Petaluma. And I have never seen the connection between the Tibetan heritage and, and using the word soma, somatic meditation. Mm-hmm. Do you know of the? Because a lot there's a lot of somatic 
stuff going on in the culture right now, but this is the first time I've been introduced mm-hmm. to somatic meditation. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm fascinated with the with the uh, um, with the body and the coaching part of it. So, I'm really curious how. I mean, I, it, obviously, you came first, the somatic meditation. I would think because it's a lineage of how many years, right? Mm-hmm. Has it always been called somatic? Meditation. You know, that's re- really Reggie's... Adv- I mean, he really brought it onto the scene that way. Um, I mean, he did something very unique, which is he was able to study the tradition and then translate it into secular language that we can understand and and get the, the piece that the body is spiritual, basically. We don't have to believe in these concepts once we start to feel it viscerally for ourselves. You know... Just to follow up on this last question, you know, one of the main phrases of this work, which is super empowering, is just the very simple statement, trust your experience. You know, trust what you feel, that that is basically wisdom. That there's wisdom in what we experience. And we can often get these messages from teachers or mentors or coaches. And then to actually have this discipline to trust what we feel as a felt sense versus the narrative that we have in our head. That's a a big theme. So just along the lines with trauma. And also just uh, you you went to Naropa, which is a a Buddhist uh, university, and uh, Adam's degree was in somatic psychology. Mm -hmm. So, uh, which is, uh, and the, 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 the Dharma is the basis of, of that, uh, of what they do at Naropa. So somatic psychology is a kind of bringing together the, the wisdom of the body and the, the Dharma teachings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, my question is, uh, I think it was James earlier who said you were working with somebody who kind of felt some joy and then skipped over to the next thing and you said, wait, just, just be with that for a mm-hmm. moment. And that's, I'm sure, a technique that many of us have used with ourselves and I also use it with clients when I'm facilitating groups but the truth is i don't know the science behind it and i'm wondering if you could share the sort of the, the physiology and the neurology of what 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 happens when mm-hmm. when we let ourselves just relax into that place of joy or ease rather than skipping to the next thing well you know i i don't i'm not a neuroscientist but i w- if you if you saw the uh, Christine Christine Blasey Ford uh, the other day, where in a heightened state, the epinephrine, norepinephrine and epinephrine are there and kind of anchoring in your memory. There's a body memory of it, and as I said, it can be true of trauma, and it's clearly my experience. And probably your experience too, that when you go through a peak experience, your body knows it. You can just think back to something intense, fantastic that happened 15 years ago. And there you are back there. This is part of the mystery where this mind-body process where imprinted in the body memory when you're having a very profound experience. And so to just tune into that memory, and there it is, the body knows. And, and you know, that's all I, can, all I can say in kind of, 
it's been interesting to apply trauma understanding to wisdom and um, and 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 dharma understanding and uh, revelations. You know, that's how we're a mind body process, and 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 it anchors in. And I, I can't say any more than that, but I know that's how it works. Mm-hmm. So I think we have time for just one more question right now, and we'll continue. Yeah, you mentioned um, that this is relating to Tibetan Buddhism, and you said the specific lineage. Mm. Um, I'm curious, what was the lineage again? And then also, like, what in the somatic meditation is really coming from that? Like, yeah, like how it's relating. Great. Thank you. Yeah, so this is kind of leading into, I'll probably just take it into my next talk here. Um, But the question was, how is this relating to Tibetan Buddhism? (sighs) A couple different ways. One thing on the purely somatic level, a lot of the Tibetan meditations um, are working with what's called the central channel. Who here here is familiar with that term, the central channel? Raise your hand high so I can just see. A couple of you. Just a handful. Yeah. Yeah. Half, maybe half. So this is a theme that's really in yoga, in the Hindu tradition, and the Buddhist tradition and the Kabbalah tradition and mystic Christianity, you know, the ancient ones have, you know, in many different tradition, you know, expressed that yes, along the spine is where these bundles of nerves are, you know, all coming together in our body. And when this flow is flowing and open, presence, our presence fills out through our body. And when this flow is blocked, our awareness, uh, things are dampened down, that we numb to those parts of our body, and we don't have as much access to those embodied intelligence centers, like you've heard of the chakras, right? So here's, here's a little lesson this is, this is, my second talk was called The Wonders of the Central Channel. <laughs> so maybe I'll just, I'll just launch into that. Sure. This was really the thing, among many other things, that was huge for me when I discovered somatic meditation. Because nowhere in the mindfulness teachings had I heard about the central channel. It was something, I was like, what about the energy? Where's the energy? What do we do with the energy? Well, the Tibetans have a very detailed map of this central channel. If you're curious and you want to go deeper into these teachings, a great place to start, very thin book, very helpful. It's called Awakening the Sacred Body by Tenzin Wangel. But we'll, we'll leave that to the end. But Awakening the Sacred Body, and it's really teachings that describe our etheric or subtle body. The Tibetans, they have this term, they call it the Vajra body or the indestructible body. And this is a sense that doesn't matter how old we are, we all have this, uh, these, these um, 
this infrastructure of energetic networks through our body, this subtle body, this energy body. And this energy body um, is tied into, the, the view here is that energy and presence, I'm gonna name this later, but I'm, I'm just gonna bring into the room, there's these three levels of awareness according to these teachings. There's what's called the Dharmakaya, don't have to write it all down, but you can if you want. The Sambhogakaya and the Nirmanakaya. And the Dharmakaya is this sense of spaciousness. Like, for example, we are on a planet moving through space. And that context of space, the universe of space, that's that fundamental level of spaciousness. Is it awareness itself? Or? Awareness itself. The, that, the underlying consciousness? The underlying consciousness. Beyond our personality. And that is known, can be known when we take the intellect offline, that can be known viscerally, cellularly through our body. Without our thinker, without our personality. Pretty neat. Pretty not bad. So then the view here is that sometimes uh, there's this you know, term that's used a lot in Buddhism, emptiness. Right? So the Dharmakaya is uh, really describing this emptiness quality, the empty essence, the essence of everything. That even though this bell looks solid, we can know that it's on the electron level, it's, there's electrons popping in and out of existence. So then that kind of also points to the second level, what's called the Sambhogakaya. And the Sambhogakaya means literally the body of enjoyment or the body of great bliss. And the view here is that when we're able to kind of cut through our thinking and open to the field of our body, there's the energy, there's an energy, life force just naturally arises out of that process. And when the energy is flowing, there is a natural pleasure in presence. Presence is naturally pleasurable in its most innate. When, we're, when we really strip it away in the most simple way, our natural state, being in flow, when we're in that state of flow, we love it. It's awesome. And then the third level is what's called the nirmanakaya. So out of this fundamental space or consciousness and from the the energy of space, the space and the energy of space or the consciousness, cognizance of space. Don't worry too much about the terms here. Then there's the third level of form. You know, we're in a form world. And as human beings through our eyes, we are normally oriented to forms. We're really focused on my email, my thing. And so we're in this kind of subject-object relationship with people, with situations. We're in trances, you could say, from one trance to the next trance to the next trance. And that puts us in this self-and-other relationship. 
And that brings us into the complexity of our thinking mind. And so what this is attempting to do is we're attempting to get beneath that whole complexifying thinker that we have. And we're learning how to be viscerally in the presence or the sense of uh, awareness to the field, the field of space, spaciousness, and everything in the field of spaciousness. So how does this tie into the central channel? So the view here is pretty simple. By the way, today, if you don't feel, I'm going to lead a central channel meditation, and if you are like, I didn't get the central channel, don't, don't worry, this guy doesn't get the central channel. <laughs> He's still looking for a central channel. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. <laughs> It's just that sometimes my mind can get snagged on looking for something or on the concept, but one can feel the energy of our aliveness moving through. So I'll just take his word for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Okay, so like we did in the last meditation... The central channel, the view here is that actually the earth, did, just a show of hands, who felt the presence of the earth in the last meditation? How was that? Good? Yeah. So the view here is that we don't have to like hold it together. That's, that's one of the main things I've learned through this practice. Like, actually, to learn how to not hold it together, it's like the, it puts us in vacation, basically. We're going in this work. We're learning how to be in the natural state of vacation. <laughs> and the first idea is like, we just, we're, first we're learning to like recognize, well, what does that natural state feel like? What does the wetness of water feel like? And when we can really identify, oh, this is the natural state versus this is my personality doing its personality thing. When we, it's only when we can make that separation that we can really cultivate our relationship with the natural state. When we can make that sep- when we can m- when, lose that separation. When we can, no, no, no. First, the it's uh, what we call separating sem and rigpa, or separating awareness, consciousness, this natural embodied presence. We can say the presence that's flowing through our body versus the thinking mind. Does that? Are people following what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Who's who said no? Okay. Um. Sure. When you when you're moving in this somatic work, one of the things we are learning how to do is we're learning how to recognize the difference between when I'm in my thinking mode and when I'm in the felt sense where there's no thinking going on. Yeah. Cool. So to make it really simple, 
what this uh, Vajrayana tradition says is that when the awareness, when the breath enters this central channel, the channel is right in front of the spine. And for different people at different times, it's going to feel different. It's, it's kind of always changing, actually. But we're learning, uh, you know, sometimes you can visualize a tube, but it's really a felt sense. It's a felt sense of space or spaciousness or tingling sometimes or energy. When the, it said that when, normally we're kind of breathing very shallow, but when the breath really enters, this is the, like the Dantian or the Hara, this is kind of the convergence of, there's these two left and right channels, the feminine channel on the left side, the masculine channel on the right side, and then they come into this central channel. And the central channel comes up the spine to the very crown of the head. And when the winds enter in this way, we get out of the thinking. And we, we, it's like our body can open to, as a field of presence. So we're no longer in this subject-object kind of vortex or trance. Our body presence, our presence body comes online. So it's a really fast way. So if we can learn how to inhabit this central channel, we don't necessarily have to be on our cushion all the time to be in presence. We can just move through our life um, more and more in relationship with that flow. Any questions? Any? <laughs> There's, and I know you will uh, we'll do a, a, a short um, guided and then we'll have lunch. We'll, we'll break for lunch at one. Uh, but one one thing uh, that I wanted to um, say, one way that I have of understanding this is the the wonderful um, Dogen uh, Zen teaching, uh, great uh, Zen master from I think 12th century or so, where he says uh, to study Buddhism is to study the self, to study the self is to forget the self. And to forget the self is to be intimate with all things. So what does that mean? Just teasing it apart. To study Buddhism, to practice meditation, to practice, to do Dharma practice and meditation practice is to study this body that we've been issued, our laboratory. To study the self, this seemingly separate self, is to forget the self, to see through the separation that we have with the world around us. We kind of forget and, and don't have to be so self-absorbed, preoccupied, because we're part of everything. And to forget the self, to not be restricted to that, is to be intimate with all things. We're connected to everything. So I understand like that central channel is like, that's a, that's a gateway to get beyond the thinking mind into, uh, into the awareness where that duality drops away. And then you are open to uh, the Sambhogakaya and the, the Dharmakaya. You feel connected to everything uh, by, and, and the central channel is, a, is one, one paradigm or model for how to move out of the thinking mind to feel connected with it. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Is that right? <laughs>
Here's Martha Graham. This is, I think, very much related. Famous quote. She's a dancer, right? She says, There is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. And if you block it in in any other medium, it will be lost. It is not your business to determine how good it is, it is, nor how it compares with the expressions of others. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. So this is really what we're doing. We're learning how to open the channel. And... Another thing that I will just throw in there is that the, the teachings say that there is this kind of bliss, actually, when the channel really opens, there, there is this blissfulness that energetically starts to saturate our system. And we can, the, these teachings, at first, we have to kind of do kind of a lot of like, work that feels like work you know it's like we're feeling more the tension we're feeling you know i was like a really a block of ice i really was very stuck in my body but over time this think of it as like a somatic software update every time you do this kind of processes your your system is fundamentally changing and as you start to really feel this flow of the life force it will it will take you some magical places. So I'll just say this one last thing and then we'll just do a very, we'll do a brief guided practice. So one of the unique things about the central channel is that it's a space in their body. Normally we feel our body in terms of density. But the central channel is actually a place where if you look into it, it's hard to feel where there's the inside or the outside we can kind of get lost, so to speak, intellectually lost, like where am I if we look into that space? And that is actually what we're going for. It's a way out of the thinking. And we can discover that our body, although it's seemingly small, there's some big spaces that we can learn how to enter. They're kind of, we could call them awareness portals. And they live along the spine, So I think what I'll do is we'll do some practice. How about that? Um, Let's see, I'm just checking in. Yeah, do do, do people feel okay about leaving like 10 minutes over? Are are we good to do some practices? Raise your hand if you have a strong objection. No? Good to do a little practice? Okay, we'll do a short practice. So... um, We'll start again, we'll do a very brief lying down meditation and then we'll move into the sitting posture. Mm -hmm. One thing, by the way, about the lying down meditation, it can easily lead to um, sleeping meditation. Um, So, and uh, two things I think Adam uh, mentioned, If, if somebody happens to be snoring near you, it's absolutely okay etiquette to gently touch them. And also, if you find yourself dozing off, um, I usually say, uh, open your eyes. Keep the eyes open. Yeah. And just pick out a spot on the ceiling and somewhat 
uh, be grounded in that, uh, but to uh, but to keep your eyes open. Just like in the last, like in the last meditation, just beginning by feeling the body connected to the earth. Sense of landing. You can, for this meditation, place your hands on your low belly. Before we get into the next meditation, a recap of the first one, feeling our feet, two feet connected to the floor, two sit bones connected to the floor, mid-back connected, two shoulder blades connected, two elbows, and the head. Let's just drop into this connection for a moment. On the exhale, you can let yourself, let, let your body dissolve into the earth. Just for a couple of breaths. In breath, the breath comes from the earth into the backside of your body. Exhale, just let go and relax back. And now we'll bring our attention into the belly. And you can see if you can find a space, two or three fingers beneath the belly button to the middle back, 
really the backside of the belly, there's a kind of openness. And we're just sensing to where the energy is strongest in the belly. And we'll just begin letting the breath come right into that space. And we're letting letting the breath come into the space, the darkness of the belly on the in-breath. Exhale, totally relaxing the body. often described as like an egg-shaped space. Very deep inside. And let's look into, from the inside of the belly, imagine, not even imagine, see if you can feel this space. Exhale, allow yourself to dissolve into the space. What is the quality like in the belly? Just look, just feel. If you look right into the center of the belly, can you find a boundary to the space? Where does the space begin? Where does it end? Exhale, totally let go. Falling into the openness. Some sense of feeling the presence of the whole room through the belly. Through the yin space in the middle back of the belly. 
and feeling the spine now. We can let 50% of your attention stay with the belly. And then sense the spine coming up from the belly. The back of the belly. And with every breath, there's a sense of letting the energy open just in front of the spine. A kind of openness. A kind of off-gassing of presence. We'll just trace up slowly, bit by bit, feeling the spine and letting our presence relax right into the space in front of the spine. Just resting. The breath originates in the belly and opens, opens openness through the core of the body. There's just a natural, relaxed listening. Listening through the core of your body. From your inner ear, you can listen into the core of your body. Just listen to the feeling of the breathing. And then in a moment, we'll transition. We'll we'll keep this kind of relaxed quality. We don't have to put ourselves back together when we sit on on the seat or on the cushion. We'll keep this very relaxed openness through our core. And we'll explore this space. We'll just take another moment here to to appreciate this restful quality within ourselves, in the room. Bathing. Bathing in being.
And then as you're ready, you can roll over to one side and gradually find your way to your seat. Feeling a nice connection with your sit bones anchored to the seat. So again, let's allow the posture to arise out of the base out of the sitting. Letting the back of the neck be open. You can slightly tuck your chin and let the ears float back towards your shoulders so the space of the neck is long and open. And like a string pulling the back of your head to the crown. Just feel that length. Sit bones rooted and the crown of the head is lifting. And then the center line, you can feel the spine. You might even just rock back and forth. Just feeling the spine and rock side to side. Playing with space. And then just letting yourself land where it feels like the center is. Feeling the plumb line down the down the back side of the body, rooting into the earth. And really letting the awareness orient to the back third of the body. So first just feeling this back, the space of the back line. Notice how the quality is different from the front line. You might notice there's not as much personality on the backside. You can even play with it. Feel the front side of your body. Notice how the sense of self comes more online when we're in the front side. sense of me, here I am. And then just let your awareness drop back like you're on a vacation sun deck 
and you're leaned back on your lounge chair. Just let your awareness lean back. You don't even have to move back. Just let the attention, the presence come to the backside. And we'll start like we did last time, just letting the breath come into the very base of the spine. Feel that connection to the earth. Letting the energy of the earth come through the root on the inhale and totally relaxing the tension into the earth on the exhale. Feel the connection. And then next breath, let the breath come through the perineum, through the root, and then travel into the middle back of the belly where we've been breathing. Let go of the sense of your body as being solid or tense or concrete in any way. Just let this spaciousness be the what comes into focus now. And then from the belly, our, our breath is breathing into the backside of the belly. And then see if you can feel how the spine starts to light up as the breath travels up the spine. Coming back from a little bit in front of the bones, see if you can feel where there's some openness. If you start thinking too much about it, just let the the neck open again. Let the chin tuck. And just come into this sense of the, po- the posture. You can imagine a tube, maybe a quarter in diameter, right in front of the spine, like hollow bamboo. And the breath is coming from the belly, even from the earth into the belly. And the space in the belly is now just opening along this back line. Whatever you're feeling is just right. And we'll just do this for another minute or so. So you feel the core of the body as openness. Just let your awareness open in every direction. Sense of the field behind you, in front of you, left, right, top, bottom, 
a sphere of openness. Just resting. hollow, hollow core, open to the field of awareness. So we will break for lunch and uh, we'll have just under an hour. Um, So make sure you come back on time. We'll come back at 2.10. Maybe we'll have the bell rung a a few minutes before and let's start it uh, on time at 2.10. And uh, just would suggest two things. One, taste your lunch. Very good thing to do. Uh, Appreciate it. And also, you might have a sense of, you know, when your mind gets into other things in your life, to just come back into your body and um, invite it to relax and just stay connected and... uh, appreciate here you are out in nature at Spirit Rock and um, move from the the mental spin cycle to just come right back and uh, let yourself enjoy being at ease here for the day. Enjoy your lunch.
without getting too particular, just a sense of relaxed openness. So to start off for the afternoon, looks like we have almost everyone here except for my father. <laughs> he was a school teacher once, and I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to give him a detention card. <laughs> oh... We have a misbehavior in the back. He's coming. So just building off this theme, first off, welcome back from lunch. Hope you had a great lunch. Building off this theme of embodiment, awareness as embodiment. Uh, Wanted to start off the afternoon by opening, doing a little more opening of this channel. And... Again, the view is that we're not just doing this on the cushion. We're taking this into our life. And um, so one of the ways that I love to do that is singing. And so I brought my friend, my really good friend over here, Ali, incredible teacher, healer, wisdom keeper, um, to guide us in a little bit of chanting. And I just want to just emphasize in this practice, feeling the sense of expansion through the throat, feeling that resonance into the belly, through the heart, kind of cylindrical openness. Just some things to play with. And then also enjoying the energy of experience, that Sambhogakaya quality I was talking about, the energy of presence and experience. So without further ado, Ali, if you would come up and lead us, that would be great. And I'm going to give... Sit in the chair or sit up here? Yeah, cushion. Okay. So you can have my cushion. While she's... uh just getting ready. I just want to say singing for me also is a big uh, source of feeling alive. Because um, there's a whole vibration. Your whole body is vibrating in a kind of harmony and, and life is moving through you, through the throat chakra, but through your whole body. You know, when you sing, especially if you're singing with others, there's a real feeling of connection and aliveness. So, um, in this theme of just letting life 
move through you and feeling the aliveness of it, um, this is one of the best practices for that as well. Okay. All right. I'm going to start with this. Hello, everybody. All right. There we go. This is quite a cool contraption headpiece. Thank you so much for inviting me to come and share some chanting with you all today. So as these guys have been saying, the purpose of this practice is to really connect with the vibrations, the sensations inside of our bodies that are opening our hearts. It's not so much about how we sound, if we have the right note or even the right words. We really just want to be getting into the feeling of vibration opening in our bodies. And there's a natural pleasure that arises, a natural joy as we do so. Feel free to keep your eyes either open or closed, whatever is most supportive for you. And I'd like to start with just doing some sustained tones as we chant OM. So we're going to start with three low and then go to three high. Feel free to just join in. You'll catch on. Deep breath in. go of any self-consciousness, any judgment. We're going to go to three high ohms now. Deep breath in. Breath in.
we're going to add in the mantra Om Mani Padme Hum the jewel in the lotus the union of perfect wisdom and perfect compassion true awakening we'll do too low and too high with those same tones Umani Padme Hum Padme And now one last ohm, deep sustained tone, taking a full breath in. all of the sensations that are present in your body. We're going to shift into our next chant. 
which is to the embodiments of the Buddha known as Amitabhaya. So repeat these words after me. Om Namo. Amitabhaya. Buddhaya. Dharmaya. Sangaya. Om Namo. Om Namo. Om Namo. Amitabhaya. Beautiful, you got it. So even if you forget the words, don't worry about it. Just make sound and feel it in your heart. Om Namo Amitabhaya Buddhaya Dharmaya Sangaya We're going to repeat that a few times to get it. Om Namo Amitabhaya Buddhaya Dharmaya Sangaya Again Om Namo Amitabhaya Buddhaya Dharmaya Sangaya Om Namo Amitabhaya Buddhaya Dharmaya Sangaya Again Om Namo Amitabhaya Buddhaya Dharmaya Sangaya Om Namo Amitabhaya Buddhaya Dharmaya Sangaya Second part Om Namo 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 Amitabhaya Again Om Namo 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 Amitabhaya Om Namo 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 Amitabhaya Again Om Namo 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 Amitabhaya Om Namo 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 Amitabhaya So now we're going to put these two lines together and they repeat, so two of each one. Om Namo Amitabhaya Buddhaya Dharmaya Sangaya Om Namo Amitabhaya Buddhaya Dharmaya Sangaya 
our practice with three low ohms and three high ohms. Really fill the space with your voices. Let them radiate out to all corners of this building. Taking a deep breath in.
here we can just stay another moment. Feeling the afterglow of the vibration through the soma. Resting in the openness. of the inner sky of the body. Mindfulness necessary already here. Spontaneously and naturally in presence. So you might feel right now, see if you can, before you pop out too much, 
See if you can feel the quality in the room right now. It's like the body or the, the soma, as we're calling it, is like a giant ear. And the, the space along the spine is where the eardrum is. And right now, let's just let the, the listening come from the chest. In the center of the heart. There's a space in the center of the heart. See if you can feel that. Just let your awareness drop into the very center. And then when you're in the heart, in the center of the body, along the spine, not the physical organ, but the very center of the chest, just dissolve and Inhabit the openness here. And we can feel the field through the space here. So you can keep with this um, internally as a natural meditation. And I'm going to just share a couple more teachings in the awakening of the body teachings, somatic teachings. So the view of this, building on this practice of the central channel The view here is that somatic meditation is not a a waking up process or a transcendence process. It's a waking down and into the core. And as we grow more and more familiar with this core of our body, you could say that the experience here starts to unfold more and more and more. We become more and more capable of uh, opening the flow and feeling the flow. And what that does is it really turns on the uh, consciousness, or you could say the psychic centers, our embodied psychic centers along our core. And I'll just name, you know, there's something to play around at home. I wish we had a lot more time, a whole retreat to do this, but really along, there's the space in the back side of the body. And according to these teachings, the front side of the body, as I, body, as I mentioned, is like the personality body. And the back side is really where awareness, we could say, rests or flourishes. And we're so 
forwardly oriented. So this is a unique thing, is to begin to really sense this back space. And in this work, we do a lot of work to open our sensitivity, refine our sensitivity of feeling this kind of flow of openness. So that's on the back line. You can say the back body is awareness body, front body and personality or ego body, especially as we're oriented through our eyes, kind of moving towards things. And then there's the space that's not quite the front and not quite the back where you could say our personality and this presence or awareness meets. And as we develop more and more sensitivity and mindfulness consciousness to this felt sense, what we'll start to find is that there is these kind of energetic flavorings along this spine or along the central channel of the chakras. And this took me a long time to feel. It really took some years for me to feel. So if you're not feeling it right away, don't worry. It's an outgrowth. But more and more and more, as we do this work, you will, we have to melt the ice. First, we have to melt the ice. Then we have to learn how to give away our tension and connect with the earth. And then as we feel, as we're able to do that, we start to feel that flow Perhaps some of you felt breathing through the core of the body from the earth, a sense of rootedness. And this is what I call feeling the wind, feeling the chi, feeling that aliveness coursing through us. And then the next element that comes through as we feel this flow, it could be like a cooling flow, maybe as in the belly, But eventually what happens is if we really stick with the posture, in this work, really the posture is the practice, both the lying down posture and then breathing into the core. But as this turns on more and more and more, our energetic body, our light body, you can... Oftentimes the metaphor is like a clear light body, an etheric body. We can't see it and yet we can feel it. It emanates from us. It radiates from us. Then these centers, these chakras start to turn on and starting in the root chakra, I'll just name some of the qualities of each. Root chakra, safety, belongingness. Sacral chakra, Pleasure, sexuality, feeling. Belly chakra, power. Heart chakra, love, connection. Throat chakra, as we did in the practice, joy, openness, expression. Skull, center of the head, clarity. And then crown of the head, kind of the space where the sutras meet, like from above to heaven, bliss, oneness, connection, cosmic connection. And so as this opens more and more and more, this energy of awareness 
can feel that there's a warmth that can start to open, and that's the fire element. And the view here is that this Buddha nature is within us in our core. It's the oil in the sesame seed or the chocolate underneath the foil. And we have to take off our tension. We have to take off our stress. We have to actually feel the emotions. And that's something, it's really like goes back to the Four Noble Truths. Like we have to learn how to be with what we're going through. We can't quite skip to dessert as much as we want to. Sometimes we can have a kind of cosmic opening and we have a glimpse of something and that's great. But oftentimes we're just kind of right where we are in our embodied felt sense journey. But we can start to feel that this work has a compounding interest effect. As we do this more and more and more, we will open more and more and more. And so the there's a kind of natural progression here. First, we're melting the ice and we're moving from the head and then into inhabiting our physical body, our own singular body. Next, we're learning how to open our back body as we did in the earth breathing. And we're discovering our awareness has this infinite capacity to open into space in every direction. Like this, opening open, opening back. As the, especially as the muscles along your spine relax more and more and more, then the feeling of the central channel opens more and more and more. Then as that happens, as that flow happens, we can't help but start to feel this wind or we feel the chi through the body. And then there's the warmth, you could say, that, that can flow through the heart. And if, we're, we're to, if we were to rest anywhere in the body, it would really be the heart. So... Um, I don't want to talk too much. It feels like the space is already settled. I don't want to disturb that too much. But I wanted to give one more teaching, um, and then my dad might also want to give a teaching too. But um, The view here is that we can learn to inhabit this central channel, and then we can learn how to rest into, be more and more at home in our core or in, in the heart, And then when we move around the world, the view here is that the heart's basic quality is to know experience, to know how it is with other people, to know how it is with ourself, not from the intellect, but just a kind of direct knowing. And we can actually, the view here is that our soma is so wise, it it knows in a kind of unmediated unmediated, intuitive way, different things. And we can start to tap more and more and more into that intelligence, awareness. Um, so in a, in a moment, I wanted to lead a meditation, but uh, I think, do you, want, do you want to start? Do you want to say anything? Mm-hmm. You can just go ahead. Okay. So just to get in touch with the heart, you know, the view also here is that the natural state of awareness 
as, as we breathe more and more into the heart, we don't have to try hard to be loving people. The view here is that it's already present. We're just learning how to open the space. And to me, that was a big relief. I didn't have to try hard to be someone. The, 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 the view is that you know, we, the quality of goodness is indigenous to our soma, into our system. And it's really the experience that you know, we love. The experience of the natural state of the open heart is love mm. or compassion, joy, Mm-hmm. Equanimity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what one thing <clears throat> that does occur is uh, <clears throat> that you don't have to try hard. Once you're in, in touch with that, that it just kind of shines through. And I'm re- uh, remembering this line I love from Annie Lamott, who says, uh, "Lighthouses don't have to." go running around the island looking for ships to rescue, they just stand there and shine. And that's, that's one of the beauties that um, when you're feeling that connection to yourself and to your heart, it just naturally shines through and touches those who can tune into it. Not everyone can. You know, the... the the Buddha was, one of the names of the Buddha, one of his monikers is the teacher of those who could be taught. So it's not that it's up to you to reach everybody. It's up to you to just let your heart shine. And those who are not having so much static that they, they can't feel it, but those who are open enough and have enough of a, uh, a, a kind-heartedness, good-heartedness, they pick up that energy. Just like I'm sure when you're around certain people that they just radiate a being that retunes you to whatever frequency you're on. <clears throat> and they're not trying hard. Oh, I'm going to really have this work and retune them they just themselves and their their energy is so um so uh compelling and and natural and powerful that it it can override our own small uh drama whatever is go we're going through one, one other thing that does cross my mind and recently i i sat with a number of teachers here with a, um, a wonderful uh, meditation master, I would say, and scholar, um, a monk named Analio, uh, who wrote this book, Satipatthana, and he, he'd written a number of other books. And he led us in Brahma-vihara practice, loving-kindnesses practices, and open up into emptiness. And he had this beautiful image. He says, in the in the scriptures, uh, the, the um, example of radiating loving kindness is like um, someone who blows on a conch, a conch blower. You know, a conch is that shell uh, that 
that comes from the sea. And if you blow it in just the right way, it sends out a really uh, strong sound. But you can't blow it hard. You can't take a conch and and blow like that. It won't work. What you do, actually, is you just have your lips in the right kind of vibration and then very, um, not gently, but very um, effortlessly let it blow through. And that transmits that sound very far. And I love that analogy because it's in the same way with us. It's not like it's up to us to reach everyone with our loving kindness. It's just up to us to connect with it, feel that that beauty of it, and just enjoy letting it shine, not obstructing it, letting it radiate out in a very gentle, effortless way. And that reaches those who... Um, can be, can hear. Mm. Uh, There's one other, um, one other quote I love from Nyosho Kempo, this great Tibetan master. He says, the Buddha nature, the essence of awakened enlightenment itself is present in everyone. Its essence is forever pure and flawless. Those who recognize their true nature are enlightened. Those who ignore it or overlook it are deluded. There's no way to enlightenment other than by recognizing Buddha nature and authentically identifying it within one's own stream of being. And then he goes on to say how when you do that, the natural expression of that is to affect and benefit others. Yeah, so very much in this way, the view of this teaching is just that we don't, again, we don't have to manufacture this. We're learning how to be uh, in our heart in this work. And so I wanted to play a little track in a moment, and it's a beautiful song. And... um, I want to invite you to sit. If you you can lie down, if you want to, but but if you want to get the kind of full effect, just to sit in this open channel and let your presence be in your heart, and just listen to the music. Let your whole body be in the openness, the receptivity, receptive state. So we'll just wait a moment. Just like get it, get, let everyone get set, and then I'll guide us into a little brief awakening heart meditation. Thank you. 
So just feel your heart. Sitting naturally, just listening through the heart. Feel the quality of this space. From the inside of the very center of the heart, there's an openness. See if you can feel that. It might feel lots of things. You might feel lots of things on the outer ring, but right in the very center, there's openness. And we're letting the breath come from the earth through the root, through the belly, into the heart, feeling this channel, this open channel, and then letting it spill open in the heart. Like an inner smile, like sunshine, in the inner sky. Or just however it feels. Breathing right into it. And allowing it to be open. And see if you can feel there's a warmth from the heart and it travels up through the throat into the eyes. There's a kind of connection between the eyes and the heart. You can look into the space of the heart. Feel from the inside. There's a kind of self-knowing, the eyes seeing into the heart, the heart shining through the eyes. the kind of radiance of this space opening into the room. Very silent, and yet there's an openness. This is somatic loving-kindness. Allowing ourselves to feel our heart and being with our experience in the heart, in the chest. 
and loving what is. Just this moment, natural moment of love. Warmth. Peace. Again, we wanted to just create some space to have a little dialogue if there are any questions, either from this morning or this last piece. Back there. Um, thank you. I wanted to uh, just... Uh, express my appreciation for uh, I want to express my appreciation for your uh, your uh, excellent teachings so thank you uh, my question is sometimes um, when I'm practicing meditation like I, I come to a point in my practice probably I, I don't know how long it is into the actual breathing and, and watching my breath and I, my body seems to get really hot and uh, like it's almost like I, I just want to like stop immediately, and um, stop in what? And then to like never meditate again. Stop it's immediately. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just because it's like it's like kind of uncomfortable, and I don't know if it's my mind just being very restless. But after, you, I, if I sit with that long enough, it's the place after that I find that I'm most calm, and it's like after I get through that very much uncomfortable body sensation. I find that uh, I can find much more peace. And I'm just wondering if that's, I think it's normal. I'm just, you know, just wondering what your comments are on that. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. So I think what the somatic meditation really highlights is that we, the, the claustrophobia of our ego. Our ego, maybe I could just speak for myself, but... <laughs> <laughs> You got one too? Yeah. <laughs> Big one. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, especially in as we start to work with this central channel, um, we'll feel 
you know, in the beginning, you can start to feel the flow, but then you feel all the tension around it. And that's this claustrophobia thing. And uh, one of my teachers, Reggie, he says he invites people to learn how to sit for 40 minutes or 45 minutes and don't move. And the idea in that style is, is to actually learn how to be with, to hold that uncomfortable. Because we can't... Mm, the joy opens with the other thing. The, the pleasant opens with the unpleasant, and we can't selectively choose what we want. There is dukkha, you know, as the teachings say. There is this uncomfort, this stress. There is that. And so we're learning how to be in, have a, a somatic container that can hold that. So all different kinds of phenomena happen when you're sitting. And kind of what we're doing and what Adam's um, kind of pointing to, I think, is we're opening on many different levels. Physically uh, and energetically and emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, all different ways. And it's quite natural that that energy of opening uh, manifests in many, many different ways. For some people, it's feeling heat. For some, uh, there can be a feeling of getting cold. For some, there can be a feeling of expansion. For some, you can feel compacted. All kinds of phenomena on on an axis and kind of tilting on your side. If you just chalk it up to interesting, that's an interesting phenomenon. And don't try to get too much into the interpretation. Mm -hmm. As he's saying, the idea is to learn to um, create space for it all and become more and more familiar Really, you're going in, at times it's like you're moving from a denser vibration to a, a higher vibration. And the unfamiliarity of it is, is, the, is part, of the, uh, part of the adaptation. And as you say, okay, I sit with it and there's something coming through on the other end. Uh, then sitting with it, can be really valuable, not necessarily, oh, then I'll get the goodies, but, oh, I can be with this too, and I don't have to be afraid of this too, and there's a space that can hold it. If the space is really tight, then something that often helps is to take some nice deep breaths, and kind of like in that earlier meditation, expanding your field so it doesn't stop at your skin, so it's like five feet out, ten feet out, however many feet, and share whatever energy is, uh, is more than you need with the earth. So you're having a spaciousness and a groundedness and just inviting and seeing, oh, I can be with this too. There's a capacity to be with this too. Just one more quick thought on that is something that I have found incredibly helpful, uh, especially if I'm tight, if I'm a little bit not in my center, the breath being 
un, um, how would I put it? Like unperformed breath. It's really just letting the flow be open. And so to, if you feel that you're tense in your face, open, slightly open your lips. Let the airway open in the back because if that flow is open, then things start to feel more open on the inside. Um, while I'm still teaching, because I spoke to Jamie about this, is uh, I have like four very hard middle school classes with about 150 kids. And they're all trying to manipulate me. That's and, their job. And, <laughs> and in the middle of the night, I might meditate an hour and a half, just trying to give it to God. Okay? And then I come into work, usually pretty good. But after the fourth period, I'm a wet mop, man. It's, it's like I hear my voice starting to yell, and I just don't know quite how to... I mean, it's kind of like really being in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the urban world. You know, yeah. it's like very rea- reality type of... It's, it's, it's really in the war, really, to be... You know, you're in the war. Sometimes yeah, yeah. I feel like I've been through the war. So by the, by the end of the fourth period... And um, I'm not sure quite how to open myself up then. You know, I, I, during lunch I go to take a hot tub. But uh, I do. You know, I get 20 minutes. I run. That's at but, the public school? They got the hot tub? No, there's no hot, school, there's no hot tub there. Okay. I just go to the gym. <laughs> but um, what I'm saying is uh, I know that, I, that, I, that the flow stops and all of a sudden I get to be like a crotchety old man. You know, just biting, you know, and, and it's, it's it just, most people are like that. But the point is, I think I need to be more, let the water flow up and back more than, than I'm letting it happen, you know. And what can you say to that? Any technique or something to keep the water flowing? <laughs> I think you know what I mean. I think I know what you mean. First off, I just want to say I hear you, I, but I, I, I do I feel you. It's like I, I once upon a time I, I was a substitute teacher at Oakland uh, Unified, and I know what that feels like. Middle schoolers are rough. Um, spaciousness. You know, and that's kind of the lead into this last piece. So one thing, here's a practice that we might do at the end, but I'll just share with you now. So if you feel tight, is there somewhere you could go that you have a view? Yeah, or, I go to a hot tub every day for lunch. And does that, does that can, you see, can you see from the hot tub? Okay, so check this out. So here's a practice called the threefold sky. And it's a practice where you take a breath in, you feel your body. On the exhale, just let your, your, like through your eyes, you just have your eyes open. You're not looking at anything. Just let your awareness go out into the horizon. Kind of blend into the sky. And the in-breath, you feel the sky coming into your body. And just kind of play with that. That's something I like to do. Or, or you can even look up at the sky if you are doing this lying down, just breathing through your body and kind of 
as much as you can, drop it. Don't even have to narrate it. You know, it's like our, our whatever our mind starts to loop. So what this practice is about is just how, however we could drop it or cut through, we're just dropping that whole thing. Well, it's amazing what no, you've got to use that because people... Yeah. Uh, and we should move on. We should move this. on. Yeah. It, it's amazing what they'll say to me. I can't even say it in public, some of mm. what they tell me. Mm-hmm. I mean, just horrible things. Mm. Not directed some at, sometimes at me, sometimes at us. So it's kind of hard to be um, too airy-fairy in that environment. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't be airy-fairy about it. Because uh, last year they had a sheriff that was a sheriff of Santa Rosa, and he basically went out in handcuffs. He couldn't take it. Mm. And we lost half the staff last year. So it's really challenging. Yeah. So what you need to do, at which you're doing is finding ways to nourish yourself between by by the fourth period. Mm-hmm. Whether and you said I sometimes take a hot tub, mm-hmm. sometimes I I go for a run. Mm-hmm. You have that wisdom right inside of you. Oh, this is what I need. Listen to it. It's not going to be any kind of magical all of a sudden, oh, fourth grade is so cool. <laughs> you know, you, you let go of that and see what do I need to nourish myself, to replenish myself, to let go of all of this energy that I've been taking in and listen to the wisdom that, that tells you to do a hot tub or, or go for a walk in nature. And no, it's going to be hard, but you can do things to mitigate the, the, the dukkha. Mm-hmm. Let's do a break. A break? Yeah, break, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... So we're just going to take another break just to move the energy, do just what we're talking about, do your thing. If it's getting a little stuffy in here, then go outside. Or, and we'll take a 10-minute break, and make sure you come back in 10 minutes, and we'll do the last leg. Into being. Um, want to talk a bit about the being part. We've talked a a lot about the relaxing and, and touched on this beingness. But really, when we've talked about aliveness or um, um, energy or vibration, um, we're, we're pointing to or connecting with the awareness that shines through us all the time. And you don't have to uh, manufacture it. How can I make awareness happen? The, the irony is you can't make it not happen. As you're looking up here at these forms, if your eyes are working, can you not see these forms? Can you turn off your awareness? Or the awareness? No, you can't. Can you not hear these words if your ears and uh, ear organs are working? No. In, in Buddhist psychology, experience comes from um, there's a, a sense object, like the bell, or 
site. There's a, a functioning um, organ, and there's a consciousness that knows. And all three of them coming together is what's called contact. <clears throat> that consciousness is happening all the time. We're usually not aware of it, which is one thing that mindfulness is a unique property. You're, you know that something is happening. Oh, now I'm hearing. Now I'm seeing. Now there is a sensation. Now there's a breath. But the awareness that shines through you is happening all the time. And when you reflect on the fact that it's happening on its own, you can't even take ownership of it. You can't say, my awareness is really doing well right now. <laughs> you know, my pure awareness is better than yours. You know? It's just life shining through and knowing itself, one could say. So we wanted to explore a bit of just tuning into this dimension of reality called awareness. And instead of it, you know, my awareness is knowing this, another way to think of it that I often use is, it's just awareness awareing. <laughs> without the my, without the, the ownership of it, it's just shining through. And when you realize that, then it's not up to you to either make it happen, make it better, improve it, turn it off, whatever. It's just happening spontaneously. I wanted to share with you, and I wanted to do a, a, a bit of a, a practice in this as well, uh, a little guided practice in tuning into the awareness which is here all the time. This is from... Uh, my dear friend and uh, someone who I love learning from and with, uh, Anam Tutin Rinpoche. And this is from his book. It's, I, I love this book. It's, I think it's in the bookstore called The Magic of Awareness. This is what he says. You are consciousness, and so am I. Consciousness is said to be groundless because it has no size, color, shape, or location. Some people think that consciousness is living in us. However, such a view is very limited in scope since this consciousness is all-pervading. We live in it. And this is a Tibetan perspective. There, there are some Theravadan teachers that would say things a little bit differently, but we'll just go with this for now. We live in it. We are it. It enjoys eternal play. Now and then, consciousness forgets that its play is its own manifestation and gets lost in believing that it is separate from itself. That forgetfulness is the fundamental delusion that gives birth to all troubles, problems, and struggles in unending chain reactions. Since consciousness itself is not separate from enlightenment, consciousness, being aware of itself, can happen suddenly 
and break the chain created by our forgetfulness. <coughs> and here is another Tibetan way of saying this. This is from a beautiful uh, body of teachings called The Flight of the Garuda. Starts out, Emaho, which means, how amazing. I will now sing this song about the view entitled The Flight of the Garuda. It enables one to swiftly traverse all levels and paths. Listen carefully, fortunate children of my heart. He's telling us a little story, a great secret, Patro Rinpoche. In both samsara and nirvana, that is the enlightened state and the, the, the wheel of play here on, uh, on this plane, in both samsara and nirvana, the renown, the renown of the enlightened state is widely heard like thunder throughout the sky. As this always remains within the minds of beings of the six realms, that's all the realms, how amazing that one is never separate from it for even an instant. Not knowing that this state is within oneself, how amazing that one searches for it elsewhere. Although it is clearly manifest like the radiant disk of the sun, how amazing that so few see it. Having no father and mother, one's mind is the true Buddha. How amazing that it knows neither birth nor death. No matter how much happiness and sorrow is experienced, how amazing that it is never impaired or improved, even in the slightest. How amazing that without being fabricated, This mind, which is unborn and primordially pure, is spontaneously present from the beginning. This self-awareness is naturally free from the very first. How amazing that it is liberated by just resting at ease in whatever happens. Pretty cool, huh? So thought we'd do a little resting in this awareness. And uh, before I do the, this short meditation, I invite you um, to, um, to put your hand out in front of you for a moment. Have it open in front of you. And if you haven't done this before, um, just take a look and see what you see. Just notice what's there. Look carefully. Okay, and I'd just like to take a few comments. There's no, any answer you come with is okay, but uh, just a few comments. What do you see? You can, what is it? Lines. Lines, yeah. What else? Always moving, changing. What else? I see connection. Say again? Connection. connection. You see connection in there. Yes. What else? Lots of mileage. 
Lots of miles. Uh huh. Lots of mileage, wear and tear. Okay. Yes. A great tool. Yes. And right next. Say again. Color tones. Okay, lots of things to see. But here's one thing that is not so easy to see that's really right there. Look at your hand in this, uh, in front of you. And really, what is there, one could say, is space with a hand in it. Because there's more space than anything else. But we get drawn to the object and miss the space in which everything is happening. With me? So, and in a way, the same way one could could relate to the awareness that everything is arising and passing in. When we sit and we meditate, Oh, there's a sound. Oh, in-breath, out-breath. Oh, and here's a feeling. And here's a sensation. And we get drawn to the objects. But often miss the fact that there's an awareness that's knowing all those objects. There's an awareness within which all of those objects are arising and passing. And as you tune more and more into the awareness that's knowing it, then it doesn't matter what the objects are that are arising in it. As my, my dear friend and colleague uh, Carol Wilson says, awareness doesn't care. Not that it's uncaring, but awareness doesn't care what's arising in it. It can be a melodrama. It can be a comedy, romantic comedy. It can be a horror show. It can be pain in the body or a delicious bodily experience. For the purposes of the meditation, awareness doesn't care. And that's where the freedom is because we usually get caught in our drama of, oh, look what's arising now in my life. <gasps> what do I do? You know, or, hey, finally, my life has come together. I've been working hard and here it is. And we believe that whatever is arising in this moment of this space of awareness is reality, and on one level it is reality, but it's just, as the Tibetans call it, a magical display within that awareness. So tuning into the awareness, that's where you can simply relax into being, into being the awareness that is not tainted by whatever arises in it, all arising and passing away. So with that in mind, I wanted to share this um, meditation for uh, a little while. This is, uh, and there's many versions of this meditation you can find on Dharma Seed, a wonderful resource, dharmaseed.org, 
thousands and thousands of, of Dharma talks. Uh, and it's, it's one that Joseph Goldstein, who has been my main teacher in meditation, uh, developed from the Tibetan uh, teachings, the Tibetan Book of Great Liberation. And um, it's, it's in Dharma Seed under um, Big Mind, or Big Sky Meditation, many different versions of it. Joseph has a, a few of them. I have some and uh, other teachers. Um, so just uh, invite you to um, relax, as we've been doing, and find a posture you can be reasonably still as well as comfortable. But try to stay awake so do what you can to be alert because otherwise you'll miss the meditation and that would be a shame. And work with stillness. And first, open to sounds. And in this meditation, I'll... Uh, add a few sounds in this field. Just open to sounds. Louder sounds, softer sounds, the sound of my voice. When it's very quiet, the sound of silence. Sounds appear and disappear in the open clarity of awareness. Let the mind be open, wide, clear like the sky. Sounds appearing and disappearing in the vast space of awareness.
Now become aware of sensations as points of feeling like stars in the night sky. No head or shoulders or back or chest or arms or legs. Only points of sensation like stars in the night sky of awareness. No inside, no outside, no boundaries or separations. Only sounds and sensations arising and passing in the open space of awareness. Keep the mind soft and steady. A perfect, perfectly still, allowing sounds, sensations to appear and disappear by themselves in the open stillness of awareness. Now become aware of thoughts and images like clouds passing through the sky. No roots, no home, arising and vanishing in the open sky of awareness.
no reaching out, nor pushing away, allowing sound, sensation, thought, and images to arise and pass by themselves in the open stillness of awareness. Now look directly at awareness itself. Clear, invisible like empty space, without color or form. It is, but it doesn't tangibly exist. containing all things, but not composed of them. Look directly at awareness itself. Now simply rest in awareness. No needing to fix or manipulate or make any effort. Just relaxing. And opening to the space of awareness that knows all things but is not composed by them. Simply resting in and relaxing in awareness that knows all things but is not disturbed by them.
The next time you hear the bell, it will signal the end of the meditation. I invite you to connect with your body and feel a connection to the earth before you open your eyes. So there's both a groundedness and still maintaining that spaciousness or allowing that spaciousness, staying connected to the awareness that knows effortlessly and spontaneously. So I hope you can get a sense of this relaxing that requires no effort at all. It's just a shift of perspective. We've been relaxing the body you know, so beautifully uh, throughout the day. And then to tune into this natural awareness that shines through us a deep connection to the aliveness that's there all the time. I thought I would just add a a couple components to the themes that my dad has been sharing. And there's a couple teachings that uh, have been really helpful for me. So I'll just, we'll just see what comes through, honestly. One, uh, there, this, this thread of somatic meditation, you know, at first we might have a lot of tension and so our tension can easily overtake the kind of uh, or, or suck our mind into specific parts in our body and I just want to name that from the beginning that when I was getting I would study uh, with a Tibetan Lama who I didn't name Chokinima Rinpoche and he teaches this style of uh, what we could call natural awareness being in natural awareness but we'd be sitting through long sessions and my body would be hurting or I'd have physical tension. So I just want to name that there's kind of two levels here we're working with. One level is that if you if we're sitting here and you're like, yeah, but my back is hurting, 
you know, it could be a sign that, okay, we're just unwinding some more tension. And then the lying down meditations, the protocols that we do in the uh, unwinding the body um, are really powerful in terms of really opening, the sense of opening our system. I went through, I'll just name the elements I went through. In the Tibetan, if you've ever seen the Tibetan flag, there's five colors. So each relates to the five elements. So there's the water melting the ice, the earth touching the earth, relaxing back, the central channel feeling the wind. You could say the energy or the warmth that we'll feel over time through the heart, through the chakras, the fire element. And then uh, the last part is what we could call relaxing into being. And the view here of somatic meditation or the yogis that would practice the tantra path is there'd be a lot of preparation, this a lot of somatic preparation, many different form practices, and they're meant to open our system more and more and more and more. And I'll name with the fire practice. So there are these advanced practices. One's called inner fire yoga or tumo. And it's opening the central channel through the body, through all of the nadis. And it's kind of clearing out all of our tension, our gunk, our traumas. And that's actually what it does is if we go through that kind of neurological somatic process, what happens, this is kind of the secret teaching, so to speak, but what happens is our body becomes hollow. The sense of the tension that we feel that we would normally identify with as our tension, which is kind of the foundation of ego or our pain body, it starts to be cleared out at a very, very fundamental level. So I just name that because that's, there's a lot of preparation for this kind of natural awareness work. And then this is kind of the view or the view from atop after clearing out in this way, after our channels, our nadis as they're called, our chakras are really open and relaxed, then relaxing into being becomes a very different thing. So there's a kind of progressive, like if, if awareness is like the top of the mountain, there's a kind of developmental process that we do in somatic meditation. And then at the same time, at any moment, awareness is available. And we're, we can also just cut right to awareness. What is awareness? What are we doing? How do we relax in awareness? So here's a teaching that I love. It's called the four faults of natural awareness. So here's something you can take home. First fault, awareness is so close you can't see it. As soon as you're looking for awareness, there's this idea of here's myself and I'm looking for awareness. So again, just like the central channel, it's on the backside. This is the great leap back. It's that sense of opening and not focusing. This is a really key thing. We're kind of, in this work, we're learning how to open our eyes, but we typically like get sucked into objects in the field and then we lose the freshness of the moment. The first fault, so close you can't see it. So it's the water we're swimming in. Second fault, 
It's so simple, you can't believe it. <laughs> this is the main one. I think this is really one of the main ones. Is we are so complex, and meditation's a complex thing. But it's quite possible that we just had a little glimpse today where there's just a space between thoughts. Where, you know, there's just the space between thoughts. And we're learning how to sink into it and open. So simple you can't believe it. So we're kind of constantly overshooting it. That's one of the things we're kind of trying to get to, the awareness. It's a thing we get to. But if we could just take the attitude that actually the soma, our body, is the Buddha, already spontaneously awake. You know, I'll read this. This is a, a very famous uh, awareness practitioner named Long Chempa. Spontaneously present awareness. The transmission of awakened mind, spontaneously present by nature, is the summit of the most majestic mountain, not created, yet ensuring all that has ultimate meaning. Once one has reached the summit of a majestic mountain, one can see the valleys below all at once, while from the valleys one cannot see what it's like at the summit. Awaken mind, timelessly, spontaneous, and uniform awareness is the the spacious nature of phenomena, just as it is. The naturally settled state is the dharmakaya by nature, the expanse of primordial equalness. It is present in everyone, but within reach of only a fortunate few. If left just as it is, it is innately insured. Just the line, just as it is, leave it as it is. Just that openness. Just a space where there's no problem. So I'm going to play this track. Oh, we're going to go through the last two. I'm not not going to forget that. So simple, you can't believe it. Third is so deep, you can't fathom it. You cannot wrap your mind. You cannot intellectualize. This cannot understand what awareness is. The thinker will never get there. Because the thinker is arising out of awareness. Anyway, we could talk a lot about that. But mm-hmm. The fourth one, this is also my favorite. It's so good, you thought, you, you might have thought you didn't deserve it. <laughs> it's so good, you... Uh, you think you you might feel like you don't deserve it. It feels like cheating. It's too easy. (laughs) 
it feels it's it's like a vacation from all that, and so we're so habituated to the stress. But the idea here is we're just learning how to kind of connect with this natural state, this natural state of flow, this spontaneously arising nowness. Already here. So we'll do uh, a little, again, a little lying down meditation. And uh, this is along the lines of relaxing the body into being. And then we'll sit up just, and we'll just do a very short last sitting.
naturally arising, naturally here presence. Letting gravity hold us. Naturally, already here. Just leave it out of this. And we'll just end in the sitting posture to close the moment, seal this day. Just very simply remembering postures natural, relaxed. Loose, loose body. Breath is open. Just let everything be open. And let your body be in being. And as we're here, notice that the being, in the being, there's a natural knowing, a wordless knowing, simplicity. Awareness.
Maybe you can feel it. Notice how the space is different. The Soma. In being. So we are coming to the end. Very close. And, um, yeah, I wonder if you want to say anything. I'm happy. (laughs) I feel happy, too. (laughs) That's really great. It's great to be here. It's great to be in being together. I will say one thing. This 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 pops through. So the view of this Vajrayana tradition is that this little gap, this little space, this open space is the as simple as it is. It's so simple that we miss it. But if we were to spend time here, dripping drops of time here through our day, just this moment of openness, that it gives birth through our system, it becomes capacity, it becomes intelligence, it's organic intelligence. It takes us into the core of our body and it allows us from this, it said that the qualities of awareness, there's naturally confidence, clarity, warmth, or kindness, um, equanimity, and spaciousness, the five Buddha families. So that we don't have to perfect ourselves. We don't this is the anti this is the non self improvement project. This is the this is the self already perfected project. There's no project actually. There's no self. There's no self. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that says it all. I think <laughs> just put the period right there. And uh, I I just, I want to say just a couple of things, uh, taking it uh, with us. It's it's one thing to be in a room with people here at Spirit Rock for a day, giving ourselves a day to unplug. And uh, maybe you've touched on some, peace inside and some connection to yourself 
And the reality is, let's be real, this is not so easy out there. So, to just know that um, when you have your daily meditation practice, hopefully you have a regular practice, or you um, go out in nature, or you uh, soak in a hot bath, or you do whatever you do to unwind, um, this is not only mm, done so that you can um, uh, reduce your stress, which is a very good thing to do, but it's to connect with that being that's inside of you that wants to be remembered. And so it takes some commitment and uh, understanding of the importance of creating the conditions to give that to yourself. Because otherwise, it's just a good idea. That would have been a good idea. That was a pretty nice, relaxing day long. Yeah. Gee, I hope they do that again in a year. Give it to yourself. And I'm I'm speaking to myself as I'm saying this. Uh, But give it to yourself because everybody in your life is going to be grateful if you do, whether or not they know you're doing it. And um, you'll connect with yourself. And as we said at the beginning of, of the day, you'll add that much more consciousness and connection into the world that is so hungry for it and so um, needing it both humanity and this planet. You're doing it for the planet, for this earth, as well as for everyone in your life and yourself. So uh, it takes some figuring out, how can I do this? Mm. How can I step off the hamster wheel in my my mind or in my life and uh, do it? And if you listen inside you'll know there'll be ways that say, oh, this is what will nourish me. This is what I need in this moment to connect and um, and appreciate that I'm alive. Just even that, just appreciating, oh, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just add, it's kind of like what we're doing, it's the oxygen in a world that doesn't have a lot of space and we don't have time and we don't have, you know, it's that scarcity. It's the oxygen. Mm -hmm. You you want to close with the dedication? Yeah, so I just also want to say for people who who are interested in going deeper into somatic meditation, here are a couple resources. Um, One is, uh, so Reggie Ray is kind of the main dude for somatic meditation but I think that will change I think honestly I think the future of mindfulness is embodiment and um, so a CD series that I really think is really great one is called The Practice of Pure Awareness 
teaching us how to sit in this beingness posture. Another one is called your breathing body. Another one, um, there's a very thin yellow book called The Awakening Body, and it has guided, six guided audios, a lot of which we did today. And it's called The Awakening Body. If you want to learn more about the channels that I talked about, the clearing the channels and the chakras and stuff, a book called Awakening the Sacred Body. It's by Tenzin Wangel, T-E-N-Z-E-N Wangel. So, um, and then also dharmaocean.org has a wealth of resources. And also, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm, I will be starting to lead more of the somatic meditation. I'm in the East Bay. Um, and if you're interested in doing, uh, I also do coaching one-on-one. Um, so if you want to find me, my business is called Samadhi Bodywork. S-A-M-A-D-H-I, Samadhi Bodywork. And I do this with people one-on-one as well. And I'll just mention about the joy course. Uh, it's nourishing. It's fun. Uh, you can't fail it. No pressure, no burden, not one more thing to do. Uh, you give it to yourself, and it's, it's practicing. It's stealth dharma. Uh, and uh, I invite you to, to do that. If you write your name, you'll get more information. Uh, or the website is awakeningjoy.info. So let's just take a moment and dedicate... Uh, our work here together. Mm-hmm. Mm. So all of this um, resting and connection. Let's get into our posture. And appreciating that you gave this to yourself for the day and shared it with a room full of people who um, also uh, want to learn more about relaxing and resting and connecting and consciousness. A lot of good energy in this room. And now let's just share it with everyone, all beings in all directions and surrounding the planet, offering it to the planet as well. May all find rest in their lives May all remember the preciousness of being alive. May all know the highest happiness and peace. And may everything that we do here together this day, all the good be shared for the benefit of all beings everywhere. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great to hang out with you guys. (laughs) Okay, uh, Christina, anything that people can do to help with uh, with the...
helping you lay your blankets in a really good way next to the uh, closets, next to the drawers, and putting away all of your cushions. Leave your chairs and take your trash. Leave the chairs just where they are? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.